Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Forever. Dog. This week on the podcast. Grady Hendrix's How to Sell a Haunted House. Hello, welcome to Teen Creeps, the podcast that discusses why pulp fiction. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Kate. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly Nugent. And we read another Grady Hendrix book. This one is How to Sell a Haunted House. Um, and we've been putting it off, but... Well, it's because we were going to do it when I was still working, and I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Yeah, the modern <laughs> books are so long. It's like, it's just it how could we and turn down to take a hiatus altogether <laughs> yeah it's like why wh- how turn how could we turn down a 110 page book yep in you know and then i had to even do that because that's how crazy yeah. work was i was like yeah. i'm a new well, that, mom and, and i'm working full time being a new mom i mean come on. i'm a showrunner working mom this is miserable i hate having it all yeah well as someone that has nothing <laughs> <laughs> um there are pros and cons pros and cons pros and cons Mm -hmm. pros and cons um Um, but yeah so we're finally we've finally gotten around to it now that we are (laughs) both (laughs) terribly unemployed um Uh, and grady hendrix does it again knocks it out of the park i loved it um i did not i was afraid i was gonna be very weepy i was not very weepy but that's what I, I was when you were like, oh, I'm probably going to cry. I didn't want to spoil it by being like, you won't. But yeah, <laughs> and yeah. also like, I don't really moving. know what's going to make you cry. But I I wasn't like getting super emotional at this Boo-hoo. point. Boo-hoo. Like my best friend's exorcism. But th- I mean, that's not to say it's not a great book. It's just, No, it's it's very moving. And yeah. um, like it's specifically because Mark and Louise, uh, the brother and sister at the heart of this book, have such a contentious relationship and they still have their walls up. Yeah the entire time even when they have breakthroughs so it's like well they still have walls up so i like i can't let my walls down either yeah and um i think i mean there was a moment that i was like oh and that was like that she does still call him that's when i cried yeah, yeah i was <laughs> like oh like it's like and who she calls like is her brother like i do like and i like that it's not all perfect it's definitely not perfect and they're mm-hmm. still like very broken from all the trauma that they've experienced and inflicted on each other. Which is but, very real. It's like just because yes, you acknowledge exactly. the trauma doesn't mean that like you don't still have the problems the trauma created. Exactly. Exactly. Like, like this, you don't. This is a book about generational trauma. Oh, my God. And, and boy, it's such howdy a good metaphor it? for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, 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 oh, God. 
the kakawewe shit. I was like, I was like, I fucking hate pumpkin. I fucking wanted to die, even if he wasn't an evil alive puppet. I wanted him to go. I mean, I spoke briefly on this before. Even after learning who Pupkin was, I was like, bro, burn that shit. Shred it. I don't care. Stomp it into the ground. I don't care that it's actually like, oh, well, it's like he he's just enacting his trauma on others. Because you know what? People use that kind of shit all the fucking time to be like, well. It doesn't make I, it okay. That's for I sure. I did that because so-and-so did this to me. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know, bro. Figure it out. And I know, I know that someone did something to you. But also, here's the other thing. I, I oh God, it's such a good metaphor. It's such a good metaphor for generational trauma, not only because Pupkin is who Pupkin is, but also that the mom, who's never really on page. No. Because she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> she's dead. Um, Sorry, Nancy. Yeah, You're sorry, dead. Nance. Rip. Nance. Um. <laughs> She rest in puppets. Rest in pumpkin. No, <laughs> rest in pumpkin. <clears throat> um, that she like manifested this trauma that was put on her by her parents. It in collecting she- more puppets, like obsessively creating puppets too, like mm-hmm. that. Keeping so. Do you uh, want me to read as the usual? This is yeah, just, yeah. Read the back. And then, yeah, we can kind of explain, like, what happens because it a lot happens in this book. And, yeah, we should probably just, like, go ahead and spoil it from the get-go. So, like, obviously, as with any new book, like, you should definitely read this book before listening to this podcast because we will be spoiling everything and talking about things in great detail. Yeah. And, I mean, and this is a a longer book, but you will zip through it. I was, like, annoyed book, having to put it down. Read. Yeah, yeah. I, I, this is one where like it being four to five hour, a four to five hour read was a joy. Yeah, it was a joy. <laughs> I was, was like, going to say that. Give me more. Yeah. Make it longer. I, was, I loved because there's a part and we'll get to it. But like there is a part where you think maybe it's going to be over. And Except there was I knew still an be, hour and a half yes. left. And so I was like, well, what? Is yeah. gonna happen now. And I loved that all this new shit happened. You know, I yeah. was like, because of course it would be so annoying if it ended now. Yep. But it would like it would have been is, like too easy almost. Even it though been, it was it is a hellish final fight. Well, and it still leaves both of them fucked up. Yeah. And so it's even then you could be like, well, they're both it's not like they're like, perfect. I guess the rest of the hour is gonna be unpacking it, but probably not. And it's not. It's not. I literally <laughs> screamed. It's just more, more horror. Okay. Um, When Louise finds out her parents have died, she dreads going home. She doesn't want to leave her daughter with her ex and fly to Charleston. She doesn't want to deal with her family home stuffed to the rafters with the remnants of her father's academic career and her mother's lifelong obsession with puppets and dolls. She doesn't want to learn how to live without the two people who knew and loved her best in the world. Most of all, she doesn't want to deal with her brother, Mark, who never left their hometown, gets fired from one job after another and resents her success. Unfortunately, she'll need his help to get the house ready for sale because it'll take more than some new paint on the walls and clearing out a lifetime of memories to get this place on the market. But some houses don't want to be sold and their home has other plans for both of them. Ooh. That house was scary. Yeah. I was like, guys, you need to not be in here. Yeah. I was like, definitely call back Roland a gutter. <laughs> yeah. I, this book a is so funny. Splutter. 
It is so funny. That is so funny. It's like what it what it wasn't doing in making me cry. It was doing in making me laugh. I was laughing so much. It was so funny. Yeah. Like I just thought of certain details. Like when we were saying like um that the house is creepy. Like there's a part where like she convinces him to stay at the house and um he's like going to pick up the food and she's like oh, it's like so dark and weird in here. So I'm just going to like bring some lights in here. Like she brings like the lights from all the different rooms. And then she's like, okay, the shadows are very creepy. And then he comes in because she's like made it worse with the lighting. Yeah. And then <laughs> she he knows comes that. In and, he, and he's like, what did you do with the lights? Like it is very creepy in here. I did like that they, it just was very funny. Like they're very, their interactions they're dynamic, were very well, funny. Like, like sad <laughs> is, is very funny. Yes. Um, like we both talked about the scene where they each of them think that they are comforting the other. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and so they're they're locked in this hug and, and she's like, wow, this hug is going on for like kind of a while. But like if that's what Mark needs, then, you know, um, even though I'd rather pull away right now, I'm going to, you know, give that to Mark. And, and then, then he's she's like, like rocking her, patting my back. And it, like, is he rocking me? Does he think he's comforting me? And so she's like. There, there, it'll be okay. And he's like, yes, yes, it will be okay. And she's like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. No, when he says, he says, I forgive you. And she's like, wait, what? what? <laughs> Which, and she's like, no, I, I forgive you. It's like, <laughs> but like, he, he has a right to that because oh, yeah. she tries, she lets him drown. She like leaves him to yeah. drown when they are children and gaslights him about it his entire life. And mm-hmm. even when confronted with it, while they're going through this haunted house situation, still fucking denies it. I was like, oh my God, Louise, you're the villain. You're the villain. You're the villain. Yeah. Yeah. And you're doing, and because you're so obsessed with like pushing your own shit down, just like your mom did, just mm-hmm. like your mom, you are doing this shit to your daughter. And like, I, I was actually just talking about this at dinner with a friend, the thing of like when you call out your abuser, basically, and you're like, you did this thing to me. And they're just like, no, I didn't. I would yeah, never do something like that. Like infuriating. It is so infuriating. And it's also like, this is how this person has to cope with the fact that someone fucked them up. And so they fucked you up. And it's like, they're just like denial. I can't think about it because if I do, then I have to reckon with the fact that I did something horrible to somebody. It's like, I wouldn't do that. And so I didn't do that, even though I did that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I wouldn't. So I didn't. When it's also that like binary thing of like, you do something bad, so you're a bad person. Yeah. So they're like, they're like, but well, I'm not I can't a bad have, person. Yeah, I'm not a bad yeah. person. And it's like, well, sometimes you can do horrible things. Yeah. Mr. Rogers has a whole song about it. Yeah. He has multiple songs about it. <laughs> but it's so funny because it's, it's so like the, the moment when the comforting, um, do you mind if I just read that part? Yeah, it's please. So funny. So it actually, it, even comes right after she finally acknowledges that she I left know. him to drown. Um, but so, she does tell him it's Pupkin, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's she's like finally apologizing for like never acknowledging the truth of it. So she's she's let him know that it was Pupkin who told her to do it. So he understands because this is right after this. Uh, I guess we should give like a really brief synopsis. So their mom, so Mark and Louise, Louise is the oldest, Mark is the younger. Um, their mom, Nancy, had a puppet ministry where she would she would do like, you know, Christian stories 
sort of. Like uh, she'd travel around. These, yeah, she'd go to different schools and churches and things like that, doing these like stories with this main puppet named Pupkin, who she'd had since she was a child. And and everything took place in this magical uh, forest called Tiki Two Woods. And he had all these different puppet friends and and she started just doing it for them as kids. And then it it morphed into this bigger thing and a way to make money because they were really strapped for money when they were little. And um, it's when Louise was like four or five, she, Pupkin was her favorite and, she, and Pupkin started to speak to her. <laughs> and this yeah. is all being like given to us in drips and drabs. Like you don't know yeah. the truth of anything until like later it's it's all like unfolding and it's yeah, very like mysterious what's going at on first like, you don't know who what you don't know what spirit is haunting the house and no we do know that she hates pupkin like we yeah. know that she hates pupkin and she won't say why and then when like when we learned that she used to love pupkin i was like okay yeah so I you're was, a little liar <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was like really surprised at when suddenly we do a flashback to her and Pupkin when she was little mm-hmm. and the truth of their relationship with just that Pupkin speaks to her because Pupkin is in fact alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we think it's just that Nancy's love for Pup- Pupkin brought Pupkin to life. Like that's what Louise thinks it is, that, that it's basically like a Velveteen Rabbit situation, which is a book that her mother absolutely loved and which at the beginning of the book, Louise is like, and I hated but really, yeah. she hates it because Pupkin already made her try to kill her brother. Yeah. And she has tried to rid herself of Pupkin. So Pupkin speaks to to little girl Louise and tells her to do things to Mark, who is like just three and who adores his older sister and does anything she says. And like, like just all sorts of like dirty tricks, like trips him, pushes him, gets him to eat salt instead of sugar and a bunch of things like that. And then finally one day um, tells her to lead him out over some black ice and then leave him there. And it the ice breaks and he falls through and Pupkin tells her to go back to the house. And when they ask where Mark is, Pupkin tells her to say bathroom. And so she just says bathroom. Yeah. Or potty. Oh, also, or something. it's 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 worth noting that like if she this is established early on, like if she doesn't do what Pupkin tells her to do, he like hurts her. Mm-hmm. And he also yeah, like he almost bites harms, her finger off one time. Yeah, and that's, he harms, that's when she like like acquiesces. Yeah, and he also like harms her um, other stuffed animals that she loves Likes more because she's not afraid of them. Yeah. And um, like, and and this whenever was the she other... tries to sleep with one of them, he like pushes them off the bed. Yeah, or he like he pulls the head off of the one that she loves. And this was the other like I loved this little detail where she was like, it's just a, a nice um, I guess like foreshadowing and thematic thing of when Pupkin hurts her other um, stuffies stuff stuffed animals, <laughs> she gets scared, but then she scolds the stuffed animals for like letting Pupkin yeah. hurt them. Yeah. Which that's really I thought interesting. Was great because like it's kind of how she parents her child where it's like her child at the beginning when she's doing reverting into baby talk and like peeing in the bed, she's like that was the other thing. When the her baby daddy is like, well my mom is gonna take her to a child psychiatrist, she's like, no. 
no. Like, yeah, she's like against therapy because, and it it's all tied into this, which is that like she was afraid to tell anyone because she knew that they would think she was crazy and she'd get like sent to. Yeah. She'd get possibly sent away. Mm-hmm. And so she, and because like she's, she can't bring herself to defy Pupkin. She's mad at her stuffed animals for not standing up for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> because it means that like she still has to do it and she doesn't want to. Yeah. And it's kind of like when she gets mad at her daughter and she, she like tries to manipulate her into doing, into just being easier. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, well, if I tell her this, then she'll like go along with this instead of. Yeah, she like she swears to herself when she gets pregnant. She's like, and I'm never gonna lie to her or manipulate her like mom did to us. Mm-hmm. But she absolutely does. Because I think every parent to a degree has to, because it takes such an enormous amount of energy to say no to a child. Yeah. And, and because they will tantrum. Yeah. And that's very exhausting. And so a, a you know it's easier to just like make up a lie yeah when that's the thing like the first example is you're like yeah it's fine right like yeah it's like a slippery slope yeah but then it's like okay she is so aggressively not wanting to deal with like the source of poppy's problems yeah she just wants poppy to behave yeah or like be better right like heal or at least don't manifest these (laughs) these uh, trauma responses yeah and just because like, she like tells her her grandparents died but then takes <laughs> off to the funeral and is like here stay with your dad who you do not live with yeah um like i know why she didn't take her it's because like deep down she knew that she was going into danger <laughs> well yeah and she knows but, pumpkin's evil and like pumpkin's there and but like after telling your kids their grandparents died that you gotta stick by them. Well, and just <laughs> you, the you way to, she like, does it too. <laughs> She's yeah. like, they their bodies are broken and they're not gonna come back ever again yeah, and they're they got dead. So hurt that they are dead now. <laughs> and then she's like, I'm getting on a plane. <laughs> yeah. And also just like and so leaving. Poppy, like very understandably is like, well, that means you're gonna die. And and daddy yeah. explained to me that like when you grow up parents die and so i've decided i will not be growing up in fact i want to be a baby again and so she starts talking like a baby and wetting the bed and it's like a very understandable child response yeah i mean i personally did find it annoying that being said (laughs) i understood here's the thing i can understand that something is a trauma response i understand that well it's like it yeah it's very but it's like it's an extremely frustrating yes thing yeah and and so i understand seeing something like that and being like, oh, fuck, this is so annoying. Like, but yes, the you way that- annoyed with your kids. <laughs> yeah, you, you're allowed to be annoyed with people. That's fine. But it's so funny how like Louise is like, mm, okay, well, I will deal with this and I will feel oh, so bad, but I will not deal with it now. And um, you can, and also it's like you take care of her, even though I've tried to make it so that like you do not really have a place in her life as much. And mm-hmm. I've re- rejected you as a, as like a co-parent, co-parent and <laughs> but also ian does suck he was so funny when he <laughs> tries so- to comfort her and like kiss her and she's like ew what ew, it's his sex voice <laughs> i know i was so and having been there with like it is so funny like i've been there with with guys where like they're like do you need me to comfort you and it's like oh, jesus christ like, get the fuck away from is. me like <laughs> like 
And sometimes I have like, sure. Have I been there? Have I fucked somebody because I was like crazy? Like and like, oh, I I don't want to think about this horrible thing that happened. Sure. I've been there. But I want to find the part where Ian gets introduced because it's so perfectly like, oh, ew. Yeah, he's very ick. But also he's trying. Like he is ick. He is trying. He's he's not he's just like shitty. He's not yeah. a bad person. He's just kind of douchey. As far as we know. He's just like he like you you understand why she didn't marry him. Yeah. Yeah. Also, he is annoying about okay, like here here we go. Um Ian could be funny. He was smart and he made an obscenely high income curating rare vinyl for rich people in the Bay Area who yearned for their childhoods and then uh, blah, 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 about the job. Um, he'd been, on the other hand, when she suggested they should take a break, he'd taken that as his cue to go down on one knee in the atrium of the San Francisco Museum oh of Modern Art and propose. He'd been so upset when she said no that she'd finally had pity sex with him, which was how she came to be in her current condition. When Ian had proposed, he'd been wearing his vintage Nirvana in utero t-shirt with a hole in the collar that had cost him $400. He spent thousands every year on sneakers, which he insisted on calling kicks. He checked his phone when she talked about her day, made fun of her when she mixed up the Rolling Stones and the Who, and said, are you sure when she, whenever she ordered dessert? <laughs> oh, yeah, the are you sure thing. Are you sure? Yeah, I mean, he is, he is annoying and shitty, but not evil. Yeah. Um... And but here's, yeah, it's, here's the part where he's like comforting her, and it's this uh, is after so they this is after they think they've defeated Pupkin, mm-hmm. <laughs> and now like I don't I don't know if there's a way for us to like reveal this in a way that would surprise the listener, but so th- they've just been through hell to try to defeat Pupkin, and then she gets home and she picks up Poppy, and Poppy is made another Pupkin, and now I Pupkin has possessed poppy and i you're was like, oh! disgusted i was like delete it's so it's such a delete. violation it is such a violation and i was like this is where the book kicked into another emotional gear for me yeah. because i i just kept thinking of like ramona being in this state oh <laughs> but so she's trying to get ian out because she can't tell ian what's going on he won't believe her there's just no chance and so she's trying to get him out the fucking door so that well, she's she also not to giving him a chance to arm. believe her he, she's not That's giving him true, a chance to but leave. like what in what he's world not, is he going he's to? He's <laughs> not the person for her to tell all this shit to, yes. obviously, because he sees her literally urinate herself when she and freeze when she sees Pupkin. And he's like, maybe you're jet lagged. I was like, <laughs> um, uh, what? OK, she freaks out and tries to get Pupkin off of Poppy's arm. Poppy is five and she's like bruising Poppy's arm trying to get it away from her and Poppy is screaming and Ian obviously sees this and is like what the fuck yeah are you doing but yeah. his suggestion that she's maybe jet lagged is insane <laughs> yeah it is it is grabbing at like the most mundane straw that doesn't even fit like the hole in the drink top it's like what yes. are you doing <laughs> what are you doing bro like what are you talking about um, so it says, it took all the self-control she had not to bite Ian's head off the 10th time he offered to stay the night. You're sure? He said, it might feel more stable for Poppy if we're both here when she wakes up. We both need sleep, Louise said. He'd been there all day and it was full dark now. Trust me, please. I've been living in a hotel for three weeks. I just need to be in my own home. I ordered a bunch of soup and froze it, he said. It's labeled in the freezer. She hated soup. Thank you so much, she said, and hoped that would be enough to get him down the stairs and out the front door. To her alarm, Ian stepped closer. 
I wish you'd let someone take care of you. He said, Ew. voice soft Ew. and intimate. That Boss shit. is hard. Oh, God, she thought. It's his sex voice. I'll be okay, she said. Thank you for being here. You're not alone, he said. She felt like she was trapped, performing in one of Mark's awful plays. Thank you, she said, for everything. Ian went in for the kiss. Oh, God, Pupkin is in my house. Pupkin is on my daughter's arm, and my ex is trying to make out with me. Louise pressed her head to Ian's shoulder, so he got a mouthful of hair. She went up on her toes, careful to keep her stomach away from his crotch, not letting her breast touch his chest, and wrapped her arms tightly around him so he really felt like it was a sincere hug, but also so she trapped his arms and kept his hands from roaming. <laughs> she let it last for a 10 count, then pulled away, relaxing back onto her heels, because now this meant he would go. I felt that, he said, Ew, when he serious says, I felt contact. that, I was like, I, no! gross, vomit, vomit, vomit. And then he took her chin in one hand. Let's take it slow. She Ew. tried not to scream. Her chest felt full of birds banging against her ribs. <laughs> I just can't. We'll take it slow. Get the we'll fuck out of my house, what? bro. How are you viewing this as I am interested again? <laughs> it's just such a self-obsessed, like, hero complex <sighs> bullshit kind of yes, thing. Yes, it's like, just like, yeah, him casting himself in the play of her parents dying. I know. He's like, wow. I mean, this is a great moment for us to maybe think about do we like get together? Mm-hmm. It's like, what? Like, no. Like I no. am dealing with shit you cannot comprehend. <laughs> and he's like, I got you a bunch of soup that you hate. Yeah. What? Because that's the other thing, right? Like when someone's like, here, I wanted to make you feel better. So here's this thing you have never expressed interest in and do not like. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm trying in all the wrong ways. Yeah. Because I, f- I only see things through my very self-obsessed lens. Uh-huh. Um, and I um, am, some might say a narcissist. <laughs> um, some, not me, but some. <laughs> like, I wouldn't. And my therapist actually has been telling me that I need to do more self-care. So. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> my therapist says it's you. Yeah. <laughs> um, um. So, yeah. So, she's little. Pumpkin talks her into letting Mark drown. They, thankfully, the adults go looking for Mark or they, like, must see it happen because there's no way that, like, this much time passes. So, like, luckily, like... Yeah, that he's under the... the family friend, um, like, saw him fall and, like, got him out and brings him back. And and they're, like... And Louise is just in total denial about it. The mom is, like, horrified. Oh, yeah, when Louise is, like... Um. oh like she asked again for the hot chocolate that she was promised earlier but they seem to have forgotten about it and it's like girl mm-hmm. you just let your brother drown and everyone knows yeah because when they asked where he was you said potty <laughs> yeah and then they're like well where did he go potty and you're like I don't know like mm, yeah <laughs> okay and what we know but we don't know the full story of is that the mom Nancy her little brother died when he was very young and we don't know how well we're, the story we're is told yeah is that he has he got locked jaw he like stepped on a on a can and then got locked on died like the same day which is i do like that detail of it being like and then that day he died and it's like well that's not how lockjaw works but i've never bothered like, to you, try yeah why would you a person wouldn't necessarily know that like i didn't know that and you wouldn't know to not believe what people yeah. tell you like what your family Especially what your authority tells you um i got my tdap vaccine the other day yesterday no two days ago just thought i'd tell you cool 
<laughs> so I won't get locked Yeah, up. I had to get it early in the pregnancy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, hey, pretty uneventful. vaccinated, folks. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I also got my flu shot, so there was that. Yeah. So Ramona I got flu shot and had her, her 12-month, like, they call it well baby checkup. Well baby. Yeah, I don't know why they could just call it a doctor's appointment, but whatever. Yeah, just call it a fucking physical. Let's just be real. Um, it's weird. Uh, What's like the well this, woman like, exams? Funny language, like the well, well visit. Yeah, um, well, well woman exams. It's that. Uh, just call it like you're going to be like, sticking a speculum I'm up there. Fine. Like I don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm not like worried about how this is coming off when I'm mentioning that I have a doctor's appointment. Yeah. Um, but she just had to get four shots at once. Fucking mm. miserable. She. Th- this was the worst time it's like this is the first time the trauma seemed to stick with her afterward because the next day she kept pointing at the leg she got it in and going oh, mm. that's so it must have been sore a little sore did you do windmills <sighs> on her legs to get it well i kept trying to like to massage it for her and she would just push my hand away oh yeah well because the massaging hurts like, uh, in the moment yeah she know. yeah before i would do or uh, other vaccinations i would do that and it would like tickle her and so it was fun but this time she was like mm. <laughs> Uh, she's yeah. so close to like having words it's oh my gosh wild like she's kind of saying mama and dada oh my god <sighs> and then the next thing you know she'll have a pupkin on her arm yeah that's the horror oh my god uh, so yeah when she gets back and sees pupkin on poppy's arm it's like sickening because well, um, they so especially yes. because what they've gone through to get rid of pumpkin so yes oh my god so that was so brutal grady is so Mark. good at writing that kind of shit oh god, like so good so, so brutal and disgusting i was like it's the craziest fucking fight i was like honestly slay i love it yeah. like i was like this is amazing <laughs> it was so brutal like i love she gets fucked yeah uh and he gets fucked up he gets more fucked up but everyone does get very fucked up and i Mm -hmm. do like because maybe it's just because i'm like i he is such an inspiration to me as a as a creator because like i feel like it's the same i I often am like what's the most specifically cruel thing i can do to this person (laughs) (laughs) and it's like this shit with these siblings dude okay okay okay. sorry sorry i'm getting ahead of myself no we're jumping all over so, so so to just like finish the story of the pumpkin pumpkin pre parent death. Yeah. Um so that happens with Mark. He's like told that Louise wasn't there and they they even tell Louise she wasn't there and so like then the Louise like lets herself believe uh he wasn't there and she makes a decision as a little 5-year-old which is like very brave that she she tries to bury Pupkin. She buries Pupkin with him screaming the entire time in their backyard. And then a little while, like a, f- a few weeks go by or something. And she makes the decision that like, she's, oh, I loved how he put it, which is like, oh, yeah, there's she like, saw two Louises. Yeah, there's like a little blink and it's like all of a sudden there's two. Yeah, and she can either be the Louise that, like, acknowledges all of that happened and gets called crazy for the rest of her life. Well, and, like, lives in a world where this is possible, in a scary yeah, fucking in place. Yeah, a scary, scary world where puppets can attack you and try to get you to kill your brother, and you almost killed your brother. Yeah. Or you can become super grounded. All of that was imagined 
Louise, who doesn't play with dolls anymore and who is just like super capable and adult and uh, puts all of her stuffed animals up on a shelf and like never touches them again. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a hardening moment. Like she's just like, she's like, I either did that and the rest of my life is going to be misery Mm -hmm. or I didn't do that. That never happened and I'm fine. And so she chooses to be the Louise who didn't do that. It's it's and that actually felt so true to at least my experience. Like I I remember specific moments so clearly, crystalline, of being like, okay, well, it hurts to feel like this, and it's like it's like a switch. It is seriously, it's like mm-hmm. a switch, and you can feel it go off where you're like, I'm just not going to feel like this anymore. I'm just not. I'm not going to you know, put myself out there mm-hmm. like that or I'm not going to like whatever it is where you're like, okay, it feels really bad to feel this way. So I'm just not going to. Yeah. And you're just like, it's done. And it's almost like if I could like, it feels, it, it, is, a, it is a feeling that feels like you're a little kid and you're just like nodding to yourself and you're like, yep, okay. And you're like, that's done. I'm not doing mm-hmm. that anymore. And it, it, it's so, that was such an accurate portrayal of that feeling of just like, and it's done. Yep. I will never feel like that again because I am hardened. And here comes another layer <laughs> that this like of amber or whatever, this like protective thing that's going over me that is slowly getting tighter and tighter over time and will make me go crazy. But um, yeah. right now it's protecting me. It's like, yeah, all of my instances of being uh, sexually assaulted as an adult. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh like to talk briefly about my uh, being raped in college. Uh, it was like the moment he, he, you know, did it mm-hmm. without my permission. And I thought to myself, oh my God, I either push him off and he just violated me and I have to go to campus police and report him and it becomes that. Or... I tell myself that I am consenting after the fact and just let get it over with and lose my virginity. And then I don't have that like hanging over my head in relationships anymore. Because mm-hmm. uh, that was always such a like, weird thing for guys in college. Oh, yeah. Finding out I was a virgin is like, okay, well, then I want nothing to do with you because I don't want to be your first because that like means too much emotionally. Right. Um, and I don't have to go to campus security. <laughs> yeah. And I can just be done with it. Yeah. And I chose the second and then just told myself for years that it was not as bad as it was. Mm-hmm. And then when I got like assaulted later in my 20s, I shared it as like a funny story. Yeah. Can you believe? And then everybody was like, ha ha ha. Yes, that is so funny. Because I was trying to like, rewrite the trauma of it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yep Mm -hmm. it's just like so yeah it's a very real thing that people do go going like i don't want this to be my history and i don't want to feel like this and i don't want to have to deal with the the fallout yeah and so i'm not going to (laughs) yeah i mean it's very um that that is it, it is such a real thing of like 
you just you're you're just making that choice and it's so quick and it's done and it's in concrete and it's forever and you're just like this is this is my life now this is this is the way it is Mm -hmm. um because it's just like i remember when i was like telling well it was so funny because like i knew exactly what it was in the moment and was like very you know obviously very upset it was very traumatic um uh but then I remember, and I think I've said this on the podcast, like I couldn't even call it rape. I couldn't say it. Yeah, me neither. And it was so obviously that. Like I ha- still to this day have like obviously emotional but physical scars from it. And it was so, it was so, it was so fucking obvious. It was yeah, so- Yeah, for you, it, it, yeah, it was, it was- very There's, like black like, and white like looking back on it it's like of course right the 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 emotional part of me that doesn't give myself grace is like you fucking idiot right yeah but, but it's like like you're not that, an idiot of course of course not like intellectually i'm like and if I, if it were my friend <laughs> and not me yeah yeah i'm like no way but i remember um saying to him like when i finally broke up with him he was like, well, why? And I, I literally had to say, I said, you weren't nice to me. That's mm-hmm. what I said. You weren't nice to me. And then he was like, you know, he like threatened to like release nude pictures of me if I ever told anybody. And then, but the, 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 so then I just didn't say anything because I was like, oh, my life's gonna be ruined, blah, blah, blah. Which like, hello, everybody takes nudes. Come on. Like now I'm like, <laughs> but bitch, at like, the time, yeah. Yeah. But at the time, and especially because it was like on a fucking digital camera, like it was like I was like, you're gonna have to <laughs> upload that. Like what? Um, but like uh, later, I remember like telling someone, and then they were like, almost it felt like I was ruining their day. Yeah. Like why would you tell me that? Like kind of thing. And I'm like, I don't know. Like so then I remember in that moment, like after I had told some people, and then. Actually, it wasn't that moment because I was just like, "Ooh, that feels weird. Like they're really making me feel like I'm a bummer and I've kind of like ruined the vibe of the night by like being like, hey, can I talk to you about this thing and telling someone? And then I remember seeing those people slowly start hanging out with him again. And in that moment, I remember I remember being like, oh, well, I'll just never talk about this again. And it's something that didn't happen to me. And I'm just going to continue on with my life. Mm-hmm. because like i don't want like if this is how my friends act like yeah. ugh, there was no question i was never gonna tell the police i was never gonna tell anyone like no fucking way but it's that thing right where you're just like oh um i don't i, I need don't wanna... to make this okay so that i can go on living <laughs> yeah like oh i i don't want to feel like this so i just won't mm-hmm. and it's so delusional to think like i just won't <laughs> Like, but it's okay. the, the, so human. But it, and everybody it works kind of yeah. like you don't feel it. Yeah. You feel other things that are really horrible. And then you like, like, like have baggage that you put onto other people in your life. But you you don't feel that moment anymore. <laughs> so in your mind, you're like, well, that worked. But uh, yep. Like. So I, 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 and it was so sad seeing her like be like a little kid, like standing in front of Pupkin and being like this little girl and then just being like, okay, well, I live in this world now. And then that other version of her basically dies, like is gone. 
Right. Yeah, who is, like, frankly, probably the better version of her. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, certainly more compassionate. Yes. Because she she's so fucking mean to Mark. She's so mean. And, like, for the rest of their lives, she's mean to Mark. And I, I know. really, f- and, like, Mark is also, like, a bit of a shit. But he he went through this horrible thing. Nobody's acknowledging it. <laughs> I know. And you and I both read this as older siblings. Yep. Which is. I felt. And I think we're both very protective of our younger siblings, like you and I happen to be. But it's so funny because for me, it was like I was protective of my younger sibling from other people, but I was horrible to my sister. Horrible. Oh, really? Oh, (laughs) yeah. I was so like from. Oh, it's because your parents set you guys up for. Yeah. 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 Extreme competition. Extreme. And like like babied my sister it was very similar it was Actually, like, like this yeah it was like this yeah. it was very much because like my mom has even told me and she told me this to be like see i love you i still remember this my mom goes well kelly when i had when i got pregnant with denise i was like i don't know if i want to have another baby because what if she's not as perfect as kelly and i was like that explains a lot about how i could never meet what you wanted from when I was four onward, because I was four when my sister was born. And then it also explains how my sister just felt like nothing she did mattered. Mm-hmm. And, but it's so funny. Like, I'm like, how is that supposed to make me feel better, mom? Truly. Yeah. Don't tell me that. <laughs> and don't tell me that as a reason to be like, see, but I do <laughs> see how love, much I you. love you. Yeah. And it's like, you can have those thoughts. Just don't tell me. Yeah. Like, there's so yeah. many things that you're allowed to feel and yeah, think. There Just are don't certain tell people things, things that you should not share with your children. Yeah. Like, tr- truly, parenting is is about what you share and do not share. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you don't need to talk about your marital problems with <laughs> their other parent with your child. Yes. That can't be the only person you talk to about that shit. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. Uh. The kinds of things my dad would tell me, I don't even want to talk about here because they make me sick to my stomach. Yeah, it's like, don't fucking talk to me about that shit. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like about your own trauma. You're like, ah, ah. Yeah. Well, well, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's but not fine. It, it's like, fine. I did, it's fine I did for the feel... purpose of going on with the conversation. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I did feel like the... Obviously not to this extent. And also my sister's not a fuck up. But a lot of yeah, the shit. Yeah, I was more the fuck up. It was, it felt so real of like, truly of like, like that shit of them being like, well, he doesn't have anything. And so this, I have to give him this house. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you've like made him so like this. capable. So I'm giving you nothing and him everything. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. What? And I think that is a dynamic that is in countless families. And we've mm-hmm. seen it so many times. I know I can count on like just off the top of my head, people that I know that have this dynamic with their parents where mm-hmm. one and, and they're either one of the kids, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like one is like and it's not good for either. <laughs> no, it sucks for both. Yeah. Because, of course, you get this resentment, right, where you're like, yeah. you like as the older one or as the one who has their quote shit together, you're like fuck so i get no help just because i'm like functional 
and exactly and it's like uh, no i'm not gonna fucking ask for help because i can take care yeah. of myself because you've made me feel like that's the only way to get your love is to yeah. excel my dad talked so badly about the help that i needed to my sister that she then refused and that's her psychosis now <laughs> that's like, oh my god that's her trauma is that she she feels like she cannot ask for help because she will be so like yeah looked down on and disrespected yeah and then my trauma was that I was the one asking for help. <laughs> it's so funny, too, because like when people talk shit about like either one of their kids or whatever, someone for something like you, you talk shit about someone for something they did to someone else. Mm -hmm. You got to realize that the person they are understanding who that information is coming from. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, oh, I can never do that thing around that person. Yep. And it was, in fact, partly why he was doing it to her so that she wouldn't. Right. Oh, totally. Yeah. I'm sure he was aware that he, he knew, was. He knew to an extent, like, it was calculated. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, please don't ask me for money. This is what I think of people who ask for me, ask me for money. This is what I think of even my daughter. Right. Asking me for money. Right. Right. My depressed daughter, who I said I'd pay for her college, and instead I made her take out student loans. Yeah. I had to recently ask my parents for money. And I, th I think that was the only time I ever have had to do that in my life. Um, it was very hard. Um, it was like last or this year, maybe like a couple months ago. And it took me being like broken down. And the thing is, like I still remember looking back, like my parents are paying my sister's rent. My parents are doing this, you know, whatever. But mm -hmm. I was like, it was just never a question for me. It was never something that I was ever going to do. And it took me having a fucking breakdown and feeling like, like, well, I, I did have thoughts of like, I don't want to be around anymore. Like, do I want to fucking end it? Because like, I can't get out of this. Like, there's no way like I can have, and mm -hmm. I've talked to you about this, a fantastic day, right? Amazing career day, get paid a shit ton of money not a shit ton. Let's be real. It's like $1,100, which is a lot for a day. But in the grand scheme of like Hollywood or whatever, it's nothing. Yeah, it's not. It, in the grand scheme of like <laughs> trying to scrabble together a career. Right. And also that's one day out of how many days, yeah, right? That's what I mean. It's like yeah. not dependable. It's not like you're making that every no. day or week even. And like getting that and then being like, like, okay, so now I can like make a little payment on this credit card. Because I'll tell you something, guys, divorce is fucking expensive. And in particular, my divorce was expensive. But we'll move on from mm -hmm. that. Um, but like being like, oh, all I need is, you know, every single day to be like this for for X amount of time for me to claw my way out of this debt. And then what? I have no savings. I have nothing like, you know what I mean? Like it's. Yeah. So, so that like felt like there's very no inescapable. End in sight. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're just like. I can't keep doing, I can't. So it took me getting to a very, 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 very dark, bad place to be like, and, and, and other people being like, maybe you should ask your parents for help. I think they would love to help you. And the thing was, they were, they did. They, they were so like immediately like, oh yeah, we'll help you. And I'm so grateful that I have that resource, but. It comes with emotional. Yeah. Well, because then my An dad was like, payment. <laughs> my parents were like, maybe you should quit this industry, mm -hmm. like having to have that talk and having to have the yep. talk. And I was like, 
And my mom's like, because like, if it's not, maybe you should be a CPA. Literally. I was like, what? Oh my fucking God. She's like, H&R Block is hiring. I was like, what? Response. Like, why would I? No, no. Also, I was like, I, 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 I don't know how to be a CPA. Yeah. What are you talking about? That would require a whole other, what the? What the fuck are you? Are you actually fucking insane? But like that of like, I had to literally tell my parents like, or my mom specifically, no, I'm not going to ever get divorced during a pandemic again. Again. <laughs> like I'm not gonna have this crazy confluence of events that's unprecedented in my life because outside of that too, I had a lot of other shit going on. Like I'm not gonna have literally every opportunity for something to go wrong go wrong Mm -hmm. again it was a freak fucking thing that i then paid for dearly for since then but Mm -hmm. it was so it was so it's just that thing of like okay well thank you for your help but you know absolutely fucking nothing about what's going on and of course but uh, you know but it's like then because they've just given you help you have to be like "Mm, yeah interesting (laughs) Well, yeah, literally I was like, well, you don't you f- don't feel like you can like then just like bite the hand that just fed exactly, you. Exactly. So I was like, I was like, well, um, so you have to like debase yourself. Yeah. 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 And I Which had is to, what I had to do with my dad like all the time. Oh, my God. Did your dad do the thing of like, you need to learn how to budget? Yep. My dad did my that. Dad and I was a like, financial advisor. It's like, yeah, budgeting isn't going to help the fact that I am a Starbucks barista in Los Angeles. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I was like literally that of like my my dad was like, all right, well, like, you know, rule of thumb is don't spend more on your credit card than what you can pay yeah. off in a month. I was like, yeah, no shit. Um, <laughs> rule of thumb, don't pay someone um, money after your divorce that you don't have. Yeah, well, guess that's what? a rule of thumb. <laughs> <laughs> What's the other option? Rock in a hard place, dad. It's fine. It's fine. Rule of thumb, don't have a husband who's going to ask for alimony, even though he's the one who's working now. <laughs> Rule but. of thumb. Oh, well. All that being said, it's I felt like the sibling dynamics were so spot on mm-hmm. of like whichever sibling. Did you feel like I mean, you are not Mark, obviously. I was treated like Mark, though. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like, did you feel like that felt like authentic to you yes but i um yes yes it it, it wasn't exactly my experience but it when i was reading it i was like this feels very very real it felt so real yeah yeah this is like such a sibling dynamic it's such a real sibling dynamic i loved how shitty both of them were Yes, me too. They were both exactly. such they were both shitty like, people. So awful to each other. <laughs> because but, I would be like really feeling for Mark, and then mm-hmm. he like oh he my would God. say so, some shit. He would yes, he would say some shit. And I'd be like, shut the fuck up, Mark. <laughs> yeah, I'd literally be like, Mark, god damn it, just like be a human being. Oh my god, when he's for jumping and 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 whooping when he at the will. Oh my god, I was. I was like furious. Also, we didn't know Mark's deal yet. And so I was like, this guy fucking sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But he does such a good job of like, I did like them a lot. I love these people. Yes, I did too. I I love how shitty they are. It's like, I'm like, oh, Mark. (laughs) I know. Because by the time we get Mark's whole deal, I was like, 
wow, yeah, Mark uh, has a right to his trauma. Um, and then even the shit that happens to him post that. Yes, well, that's that's what I mean. It's oh, like yeah. the college shit too. Like no, I whole... mean like the shit with Pumpkin. Oh, yes, yes. Now. <laughs> yes. Seriously, it's like, also, Mark it's so is such a schlemiel. Like all oh this fucking God, shit happens Mark. to him. Because <laughs> like so, so all that, so Louise like leaves it behind, decides like, oh, I didn't do that. That didn't happen. Right. Mark was by himself. I was here. Uh, and I, that's my story and I'm sticking to but it. That's, that's like everybody's family story. story. Yeah. And then Mark goes away when he's 14 to a, a school ski trip. And when he gets out in the cold, he has a flashback. He's like on the ice. Yeah, to to being stuck in the ice. And he's like, oh my God, that happened. And he like talks about it with some friends and they're like, oh, you should absolutely talk to your family about this. And he came back and he like brought it up to his parents and they totally denied it. And Louise acted like it didn't happen. And so he starts really acting out and he starts like destroying stuff in her room all the time. And we only get her version of it earlier when she's like, Mark came back from the ski trip and was awful. And we're like, yeah, Mark's awful. <laughs> Like, as a reader, you're like, oh, that's shitty. And then you find out it's because he's, like, finally remembered this trauma and everybody's acting like it didn't happen and, like, his memories aren't real. And, and so he's he freaks out. Well, And I love this, too, because, like, we take her word for it, right? He, we're just like, God, he's yeah, just annoying. you just don't know any better. But also, of course we should know better. Nobody just acts crazy for no fucking yes. reason. Yeah. And I love that, like, it's revealing our own biases of, like, well, totally. it's just easier to think like, oh, he's, yes. he's he's annoying. Yeah, it's just easier to think that like Mark sucks. <laughs> yeah, that he like went through hormones and like is a little asshole now. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, because, because everything happened. we've seen of Mark is that he's like shitty. Yeah, he's a fuck up. He's like a douchebag. He's an asshole. He's spiteful. He's defensive. But all of those things are are symptoms of of something else. Mm hmm. And they can still be annoying as fuck, right? Like someone's trauma yeah. response can be annoying. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. It's okay for you to be like, oh my God, you are acting like such a fucking douchebag right now. Yep. But have that behavior explained by something horrible that happened. Yeah. Both things are true. Mm-hmm. Um, so... So that's their teenage years. And then, and then Louise goes off to college, like, across the country. She's just trying to get, like, as far away from all of her family shit as possible. Mm-hmm. And she she stops – she's an artist, and she stops wanting to create anything because she's traumatized by the creation of Pupkin. <laughs> and she – because she thinks that her mom's, like, just creative force brought him to life. She doesn't understand he's actually possessed. Uh, yeah. But Pupkin is possessed yeah. – <laughs> by a, a spirit um and we don't find that out until later i loved and, the woman that helps them oh my god i i wanted to text you i can't wait for you to meet barb but i didn't even want to spoil that somebody exciting was coming i because <laughs> i love barb love so much barb. this has to be a movie or a show because barb is the fucking best and i want to give barb like a bigger part undeniable <laughs> she's so fun She's so fun and funny. Um, so then Mark goes to college, and this is the story we get after Louise is like fully attacked by Pupkin in the house in present day, and Pupkin stabs her in the eye with a needle. And oh my Mark god, that comes and saves needle her. Needle in the eyeball. I couldn't. Oh run. god, that is some of the worst eye trauma in 
in book history in, in media history <laughs> um and we get the story so after mark saves her from this they go he takes her to a waffle house <laughs> Mm-hmm. And he lays out the story of why he dropped out of college. Because in her mind, Mark was a fuck up who insisted that their parents give him a full ride at this college, which he did do. He did insist that they yep. pay for his college without him having to work, even though Louise was putting herself through college. So Mark is like kind of entitled, but it's because everybody lied to him. And so he's like just trying to get his in any way he can. And I think that's kind of how I felt about my dad. It's like, you owe me this because I'm mad at you and I'm mad about other things you've done. And so at the very least, I'm going to get a payday out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and and she thinks he just like dropped out because it was too hard. When in fact, what happened was he joined a radical puppet collective. The <laughs> radical puppet collective it's thing so was lame. so it's dorky. So funny. It's so he's like, dorky. He's like, I was, sick of, I was sick of what we were doing in my drama program so i decided to get boots on the ground and become part of a <laughs> radical so puppet collective that could have stopped 9-11 or some shit like that or like no 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 could have stopped the war on terror i was yeah, like he could have stopped the iraq war i was like mark <laughs> and, and he's like and what i needed to believe was that we could have and just failed rather than we never could have at all and i'm like mark you couldn't have you, you couldn't, couldn't have like, i'm so your, sorry your puppet show was never gonna make like the bush administration oh my god <laughs> when they get kicked out of the school i was dying when they like start talking about like the iran contra shit i was like mark <laughs> they're, to, they're doing they're putting on a play in an elementary school about how the cia uh like, did 9 11 or some shit like that drugs like oh like gives like helps the cocaine industry <laughs> and it's like and then they have like in order to destabilize nations and i'm like what are you guys <laughs> yeah and then they end the show with like a giant death puppet that like is like basically like the biggest thing they've ever made the, the biggest thing they've ever made <laughs> oh also like when they make the kids wear the death masks and the kids are like writhing around like <laughs> Yeah, they make the kids be in it. It's so fucking funny. And he's like, oh, it was actually really cool because, like, the kids really liked screaming and writhing. And it's like... Yeah, and and I could really tell we were getting through to them. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you think these kids understand that the CIA was, like, (laughs) drugging people to destabilize uh, Latin American nations? (laughs) It was so funny. And, like, and, and so he, like, tells this whole thing... But then there is actually, and and then this is something that Grady Hendrix does so well, which is like this very funny, very almost like like crazy thing that these people are doing, but it does feel rooted in something so real. And it's it's his need to matter. These are real people. Yes. It doesn't feel cartoonish at all. Like they are ridiculous, but real. And then when he and then when he gets to the meat of it, which is like the reason he's telling this story about like why he got to a place that he did in his pupkin journey. Yes. It like, it did get like very icky. Like I was like very disgusted by the pupkin shit. Yeah. And I kept, I was like the part where they're like at, so, so what happens is Mark has his mom. So like (laughs) also the whole section where they like uh, pupkin, Puppets aren't about love, man. Puppets are agents of chaos. Oh my god, that shit where they're like puppets are the only real thing you'll ever fucking meet, man. I was like, what is going so on with these guys? Fucking funny. This fucking radical puppet collective is so 
fucking funny. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. What was, do you remember the name of the puppet that the one guy does? Oh, the, the like um, stick, stick one? or something? Yeah. I think it's Sticks. Mr. Sticks or something? They're like, show him Sticks, man. <laughs> yeah. Yep, Sticks. Um, it's like, <laughs> so, and it's also, I, th- this, I think my, f- so my favorite Grady books at this point, I think still my best friend's exorcism is number one. And then this ties with, uh, Southern book club? book club for me because this was also sitting, hitting so close to home for me having been a drama major mm-hmm. and done fucking mask plays and puppet shit. Oh my god, shit. when you put on the mask and I like else. I did this mask play in my freshman year of college where it was all you know you workshopped it by putting on the mask and then just improvising with your body <laughs> and i was doing this radical puppet collective shit but like on campus mm-hmm. and and we like made the masks and it was the show called hyperbole and, and we <laughs> play like radiohead and it was all silent and, and just doing all of these like, like tableaus and choreographed <laughs> things and like but um i <clears throat> I do think it was good. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Everybody okay, thought it you, was like life changing. Are you looking back on I it? I am Mark is the thing. Are you <gasps> looking back on it through the mask? No, I swear it was no, it was good. I swear you guys it was a good show. You had to believe that you were changing the world. You I, I didn't to. believe that, but it was art. Okay. It was Undeniably art, but it, we weren't trying to change. It wasn't pro- we protest. We weren't trying to art. stop the war on. We terror. weren't. Well, for one thing, it hadn't begun yet. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you were trying to stop nine eleven. <laughs> this was the year before nine eleven. This was nine oh oh. Nine oh. This was this was like May two thousand one. So pre nine eleven. Okay. Uh, so we didn't have a war to stop at the time for okay. our, our nation. I mean, anyway. to your knowledge. I mean, if you were seen doing one of his terrible shows, things you know, around the world, yes. There's terrible um, things happening all the time. Oh, which I did know. But this was just supposed this was just like things about like the human condition, whatever. It was mm-hmm. just like um right. th- like yeah, just things set to music of little stage plays and blah blah blah. So I can't I'm sure, like, actually, I'm sure remember it was specifics, but there was a mask that was just a pair of Human breasts on. Uh, I was literally going to jokingly say titties. Chicken body. <laughs> was I a, was literally going to say. It was a chicken carcass like like you'd buy at the store. Right. With human female breasts on them. Okay. 
them with big hanging um, and that titties. was just like one of the thing it was just like a like very realistic set of breasts on this chicken that right. was then worn over someone's head mm-hmm. so yes i was mark and yeah. so all of this was like really hitting for me <laughs> <laughs> do you think that you could have ended up in a whirlwind of i was never at, Were you ever like, fully in it as fully in it as others I did. I really loved this particular production, but then, like the following year, very nice guy named Sean was starting his own like puppy company. Oh my <laughs> and god! He um, saw hyperbole and like loved all the mask stuff, and so he wanted to like incorporate masks in his show. And he did this show called The Po Play that I was in, mm-hmm. that I absolutely hated and thought was just just like edge lordy drivel so even when you were in it you were like this sucks and so when i was in it i was like this fucking sucks really um, that's so funny and it, we were just like adapting edgar Allan poe plays and it was like sure there it was just like so edge lord right and this was post 9-11 but it was not saying anything about 9-11 or the war on terror or the iraq war i think that's good yes it is i think good it could have been worse that look did my improv group when we we're doing short form improv. We'd have these like little intros when our when your team came out. You we we started doing these like drawn out, choreographed by us non dancers mm-hmm. um, things to music. And did one of the times we come out and do a choreographed dance to um, Bob by Outcast, aka Bombs Over Baghdad, sure. as a statement on the Iraq War? Yes, we did. Oh, my God. But we also didn't think we were changing minds. You weren't trying <laughs> to lives. do this in an this elementary was, school. Yes, it was before a short form improv show, however. That is so okay. I am Mark. I did feel. I just am Mark, but with self-awareness. I did feel like, okay, the way that he was like, we're changing the world, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It did feel like how some people... <laughs> <laughs> Look I know that voice at either Twitter? improv or tabletop RPGs. Mm, yes, 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 yes. Where yes. they're like, we are the the work that we're doing is, is so, so important. groundbreaking. Yeah, and groundbreak. Like you leave one of our shows or you leave one of our streams, and you are a different person. <laughs> and I'm like. I'm glad you feel that way. And I'm sure a certain contingency of your fans feel that way. Mm-hmm. But I, think, I see I the think, truth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think the thing is that you and I were both blessed and cursed with an inability to take ourselves fully seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And so even when I was doing this stuff, I could never be like 100% in. There are times that I'll be I'll be like, oh, I'm proud of this thing. I think this thing is very good and I hope it touched somebody. Mm-hmm. Like there are there are episodes of our podcast that I'm like, that was really good. And I hope that people you know yeah. what it is, though. You know what it is? It is always, oh, I hope that someone connected with something yeah. and Rather not a declarative wow. statement <laughs> yes. of and also like this larger grandiose thing of like changing the world as we know it i think it like really mm -hmm, that's what i was about to say is i think you and i both have a very good realistic sense of scale 
Yeah, no one knows who the fuck I am or what I'm doing. And I love it, baby. I love living like because that's the thing. Like, you know, people will be like, well, people are going to wonder, like, what do I have to say on the matter officially on Twitter? And I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, Mm -hmm. no one gives a shit what I'm doing or saying. And I love that. Like, I can live, you know, weeks will go by and I'm like, oh, I haven't updated anyone, you know, other than in real life with friends. Yeah. Yeah. On on like what's going on with my life. Whereas like I think there there is this um, it's like that two sided coin of like addiction to social media and also the self-importance of thinking that the world is on the edge of their seat. Like what is what did Kelly have for lunch? Answer. Mm-hmm. I haven't had lunch yet. So, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah. yeah, it's very interesting. And I wish those people healing. Because <laughs> 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 their therapy's not working. Because here's the thing. Mm. Therapy only works if you are honest and talk about real things. Okay? Mm-hmm. And if you give a weirdly fake description of your narcissistic life to someone, all they have is is that that and also sometimes they can see through that you're a narcissist and they're like nothing i can say will change this person so there are some people that exist in this world that will often publicly be like my therapist told me that i'm too kind and i'm like i don't know who your therapist knows Mm -hmm. because if they talk to some other people they would get a very different story (laughs) i did you see that clip of that comedian chris I just followed him on Twitter, so hopefully I can find this mm, account and name. That was beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> it was really, it was really like soft and lilting. I felt like I was like talking to a fairy in Ireland. <laughs> I was being lured <laughs> by the will of the wisp. Come along with me. Enter into this will of the wisp. You will not die. Uh, <laughs> Chris not die. Fleming. He has a special oh, on. Um, oh, the woodland creature thing. Yes. Yes. So vibe uh, disparity. Funny. Yes. Vibe I disparity. love Chris Fleming. I think so he's one funny. of the funniest fucking comedians out there that like I have followed Chris's stuff for like a very long time. Have Have you seen like there's like DePiglio is a sketch that I really like. It's it's dumb and it doesn't have anything to do with like social commentary or anything no but i haven't you or i don't think out. i have but um, yes but the, it, the vibe so says, disparity thing yes <laughs> vibe dysphoria oh, dysphoria that's right so it says i'll just read the first little bit because there are captions you know that thing where the most toxic person you've ever met over relates to woodland creatures on social media yep <laughs> so funny where they're like they post a picture of like a mouse in like a jean jacket and they're like oh my god this is me and you're like have you met you literally (laughs) literally something lucas and i always joke about and this was like before this special is the person that's like oh my god baby yoda that's so me and Mm -hmm. it's like you're not fucking baby yoda you are evil you are a bad person one of the darths Yes. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I, that's just me eating my little soup in my little cup. I'm Bibi Yoda. And it's like, no, you enacted psychic terrorism on the entire fucking like nerd improv community. What are you talking about? I don't know how you got under the impression that you are a mouse in a jean jacket. You are an eel with a gun. <laughs> eel with a gun. Yes. 
But it is these people that are truly like, I'm just like so cute and like so small. And it's like, like, here I am doing my little things. And it's like, you do not have little things. (laughs) You do. Your things are not little. Yeah, you say, your little things? And then he just has like shocked face at the audience. Oh, madam, there is nothing little about your things. (laughs) So funny. I have to watch this special. So far, I've only seen the clip on Twitter. He's so so fucking funny. There is this story that he does about meeting Dane Cook. Oh, yeah. I think that's I love that video. I haven't watched. It's very funny. It's just about being out of place in the stand-up comedian scene. Oh, yeah. It says my Super Bowl Sunday with Dane Cook. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I love, too, that he will often include, like, images as backup. Oh, yeah. There was one where he was, like, brought on to, like, a news program in Canada or something. And the way that they have it set up is, like, a dystopian courtroom where he's like weirdly like below the people like it's very funny very very funny um he's just very specific so specific and strange and funny in a way that city is i love the key to everything oh yeah in creation oh, i mean yeah. like in, in that you like write oh yeah in I, writing and acting and i have bitched about yeah. this to you but i remember i took a stand-up workshop and i fucking hate the person that runs this. I think this person is one of the most toxic people in the industry. Mm-hmm. He gloms on to people and tries to ride their coattails to success and tries mm. to make himself indispensable to their success. Everyone that he has successfully, whatever, like he'll be like, oh, this person's my success story. They have like 13,000 followers on Instagram. Okay, that's not success. I'm sorry. Um, do I know this person? No, you do not know okay. this person. Or maybe you do through other, through other avenues. But like just he would give like he would be like, I remember he was like, you have to do um, accents in your work. And I was like, why? Mm-hmm. Like particularly an Asian Vietnamese. accent. Oh, ew. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, no, I really don't want to do that. And he's like, well, you have a lot of stories about your mom and like, why ew. not use everything to your oh advantage? God, and I was ew. like, because that's hack. Like there was shit that he would be like, you need to do this. And I was like, I will not ever do this. It's like fine if some people do, but no one should should have, have to. to if i don't want to fucking do that that's not my fucking voice and no. i remember um i had some jokes that were very niche and he was like that's too specific you need to make it more general because if you lose one person in the room you've lost oh everybody God, that's such a lie and that's i was such a, that's like scientology telling you that you have to understand absolutely every word you read to understand <laughs> what you've read overall it's like that's not how language acquisition no. works no no you can Put together A and B. Context. Context. Yeah, context. That's like, do, do babies get handed a dictionary to learn English? No. Shut up. Exactly. Shut, shut up. the fuck up. Shut the fuck up, you racist defending organization. <laughs> it's, but I remember. I meant like, to say rapist. I said racist. I'm sure racist as well. I'm sure well. racist as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, But I was just like, I now know that like, I cannot trust anything you say. And um, I will not listen because that's the thing mm-hmm. with hmm, with notes in general. Right. Like 99 mm-hmm. percent of notes, even if you don't agree with their proposed solution, there is something there and you're like, OK, maybe I'm not being clear or something. Right. Like there is confusion. Yeah. But there are certain notes given wh- that like that you can just be like, no, are so wrong that yeah. it it. It like voids your 
authoritative voice as a note giver. Right. I remember. (laughs) I'm going to say right now, don't ever use blacklist. Don't ever use the blacklist. Because they're they're like farming out their note giving. Someone's being paid eleven dollars an hour to to give notes, and then you waste seventy dollars. Uh huh. And like, don't fucking do it. Do not just like ask your friends, and also not necessarily all your friends. Don't ask all your friends, but. Certain friends. I still remember sending in a a screenplay for a feature that which you've read. um, The other mother cried. Um, The like dreamy queer noir. Yeah. And the person they gave me, first of all, three out of ten. I want to find this human being and (laughs) And said like force them to be a CPA. I get. (laughs) Talk to my mom. Uh, And they're like, I get that this is about feminism. And I was like, hmm. It's not really about feminism. I guess it's feminist in that the female characters are nuanced. It's not at all. It's aggressively not about feminism. It's not about that. About that. Yeah. But there are women in it. The second I read that, I was like, okay. And then also like. This this person just sees two female characters in a movie. Yeah. And is like. I'm bored. Yeah. Well, that was the other thing. This person might. Ben Shapiro (laughs) it might be because that was the other thing it was like I had um there's like two uh female gay characters okay but there's other female characters that are not gay Mm -hmm. but I remember one of the notes was like saying that one of the positives was that there is chemistry between all the female characters and I was like oh so you just saw two gay women and thought oh are all women gay (laughs) they're like wait am i confused i'm like no this other woman is aggressively straight like okay but anyway all that being said i don't know why i brought that up maybe i'm just in a vengeful mood today and i wanted to talk shit on everybody who's ever wronged me (laughs) you know when you get in that mood you're like and this Mm -hmm. person and this fucking person um yeah you want to blast the list blast the list i want to blast the blacklist i think it is a an opportunistic fucking money scheme to take advantage of uh young writers who do not know that it's a scam or not even necessarily but like beginning writers writers trying i don't mean to get young a, i mean like young hold. in their career path yeah beginning yeah. writers and there are people who have had s- success with it no one that i know but I, you know, their PR team says people well, have succeeded. Because the thing is, the blacklist started as just like a, an organic list done by agencies and management companies and mm-hmm. other rep type people of just like scripts they'd received that they just really, really liked and hadn't been produced yet yeah. or bought. And the, it would pass it around and you'd get a lot of heat off of this. Mm-hmm. And then the somebody like put it together as like a branded concept, like the blacklist. Mm-hmm. And then a website popped up around it. And now this and whole- And then capitalism kind of took yes, a hold of it. And, mm-hmm. and now like, like you, you're supposed to be able to like get notes on your stuff that will eventually like gain people's attention and, and agents and managers can find people, scripts listed on the blacklist that they might not have discovered. But like, like you said- 
people giving notes are not necessarily industry professionals, or if they are, they're not necessarily good at their jobs. They're just getting like $11 an hour to give somebody notes on their script that may not be helpful at all. And certainly for you were the opposite. Yeah. I mean, it was a good thing to receive notes like that because then I was like, oh, LOL. Like, <laughs> like it, I'll never do this again. Yeah, I'll never do lesson. this again. Yeah. And I know how to react to notes that just don't get it, which is just to be like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. On on with my day, you don't yep. get what I'm going for. And so you're not a good person to be giving me notes on it because you're going to try to turn it into something it's not and was never intended to be. Yeah. I just saw um, Anna Fabrega's uh, stand-up special at the Elysian. Oh, I love her. So fucking funny. She had so this one. Funny. It was just rapid fire, little tiny character bits and just like tiny jokes. Like they were so fucking funny like i just i was crack like the entire room was cracking up the entire fucking hour like every 30 seconds basically but she did like also these like readings of short stories which were just like dumb little silly narrative pieces but then she would also just do like dumb like one line character things of like trying to think of one that she did which was like damn sometimes my friends say stuff that's so funny i just laugh and laugh (laughs) but she did this she said this one thing where that i found very inspiring but also like very funny which was just that she was like being niche is ruining my life it she's like my life would be so much easier if i were a more general type of person and i was just Mm -hmm. like yeah that is true Mm -hmm. your everyone's lives would be a lot easier if we were less it'd be easier but not necessarily more rewarding Mm-hmm. so i don't know i like that we are specific and strange and have like specific points of view and voices and that's what i really appreciate about grady hendrix's books is that his um voice is so specific and it's it just so happens that that voice is exactly our cup of tea which is like moving and sad and funny and weird and irreverent mm-hmm. and scary and gross like that's so the kind of shit we eat up with a spoon yeah, um, he's just great. I just love, love it, and I really identified with Mark. Um, oh my god, I can't believe the, I didn't. So I, the radical, I didn't know you did mask shit in college and puppet shit. Oh yeah, like, and I came very close to taking a clown workshop. Oh my and like god, going to Italy and doing you know all the like Arte stuff. Oh my god. Um, oh my god. So, so I almost he, took a clown workshop. I almost did, and I was like, I don't need to though. And then I did. I almost kind of regret. Like I, sorry, I like that shit. I like that yeah, stupid, like, stupid, like, like theatery well, shit. Yeah, um, I, I just like you know never thought it was going to be like changing the world. No. That's where I'm different from Mark. Sure. Um, well, and like you, <laughs> he is like I would say objectively a fuck up. It's so yes, he and you are is. not, and and also he's he does certainly suck. has gone through more traumatic shit than me like no one has ever tried to kill me certainly your not when I was a child I keep trying to my knowledge <laughs> <laughs> I got my Rube Goldberg devices set up and you just keep it's missing it's never it's never sunk in that Kelly's trying to kill me <laughs> um and I you know ne- never got possessed by a puppet uh you know that's what I keep telling myself college, could always be my worse work. yep. could always be worse always we could be, be worse. Possessed I could by always puppets. be possessed by a puppet mm-hmm 
Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Pupkin's specific voice is also so infuriating. <laughs> I but was so disgusted I was, by Pupkin's fucking voice. so awful. It's Pupkin so play all fucking day, all day. baby. Yeah, and the fucking cock-a-way-way. I, oh, God. Cock-a-way-way. It's so infuriating. Pupkin play all day, all day. It's so Where Nancy? Pupkin want Nancy. Yeah, Pupkin want Nancy. Then go fucking be with Nancy in the fucking ground, Pupkin. <laughs> You're already with Nancy in death. <laughs> <laughs> just I just pictured your already. eyes going black. <laughs> in death. death. <laughs> um, so, oh God, it, they're so fucking funny. The, the, it, Mark's whole fucking story about being in college and thinking they're doing some big shit. It's so, it's so funny, you guys. It's so funny. So he's telling, so he's just saved Louise from Pupkin at the house from getting just like absolutely decimated by literally just a hand puppet. I was really moved. There, actually, there were a couple moments that I was really moved. I was really moved that he showed up. Me too. And I was really moved that he showed up because he had parked himself outside the yeah. house. And he he trusted his gut that he was like. That she wasn't safe there. Yeah. And oh my God, the moment that when he's like trying to convince her to leave before mm-hmm. that night. And he's like, I have to keep reminding myself of that night. And it was that lovely memory of them like going to sneaking out to the yeah. cemetery together. I was like, oh my God. <sighs> Mark has such a good heart. Yeah, he does. Even though he's a fuck up and like really bitter. But he does come honestly by his bitterness. Yeah. Uh, comes by his bitterness, honestly. Um, so he's talking, he's telling her the story of why he dropped out of college. And yeah. it's all centered around this fucking radical puppet collective. So he joins it. Um, they're making giant dicks to, to be in an anti-war parade mm-hmm. uh, and he Missiles. just like helps um so, <laughs> so, uh and he he immediately gets this crush on this girl named sadie and says and sadie was right they were making dicks big ones three to four feet long and then smaller ones that looked like they were built around paper towel tubes they had them hanging from the back porch roof like wind chimes slathering them with paper mache looking like salamis made out of booze print which was a relief because i'm not sure i could have handled it if they'd been painted and looked like actual dicks yet i wasn't that cool they showed me what to do and i made penises with them for the rest of the day they talked to each other and i was happy to listen and soak it all in oh my god it felt good just to be treated like an equal oh my and god wait like, what? and also the part when he's like <laughs> When he's describing the dicks and she's like, oh, were they like finished? And he's like, I don't know if I could have handled it if they were finished. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, okay. 
the penises turned out to actually be penis missiles, and we needed 35 of them for the anti-war march that weekend, where they'd be carried by members of the radical fairies. The fairies had gotten overwhelmed building their costumes and outsourced their penis missiles to Oregon because they knew Clark. Each one would carry a, min- a penis missile like a magic wand, with five of them designated as pallbearers for the six-footer. <laughs> like, <laughs> this fucking image is so fucking funny. It's so funny. So he's so like self-serious, totally so devoted. Funny. Oh God, he takes it so seriously. And he's like, our penis missiles were the hit at the parade. <laughs> <laughs> By the end of the day, my feet hurt and my throat was sore from chanting, but I'd earned my place. Back at 523, which is the name, the, both the address and the name of the uh, collective. Mm-hmm. They ordered Chinese food, and I sat in the living room listening to them complain about Linda, who they'd seen at the parade. From what I could, and also the complaining oh, the about drama. Linda. So fucking funny. From what I could tell, she used to work with them, but there'd been some kind of falling out, and she'd split off and formed her own radical puppet collective. There's like splinter groups, like, and then she it's leaves the so other real. puppet collective it's that she started. so real. It's so funny. Um, and then there was like another protest, and, and um, oh my God. Uh, after that, we'd perform as part of the big anarchy marching band of the future American war dead at another protest. <laughs> Just every detail is so funny. Yeah. Then it was a Commedia in Copley Square called WWW Where's My WMD. Like W. Bush, get it? <laughs> Just like that, I joined the cause. People make fun of us because we lost, but we tried to turn the ship around. Millions of us around the world, half a million in New York City alone, banging our drums, marching in the streets, shouting, wake up, less than 20% of Americans supported that war. No one wanted to send their sons and daughters to die in the desert. I mean, this is all true. But Mm. the generals gathered in their masses, right? (laughs) Look at the world they made. He's just like so, it's so funny. It's so funny and serious. 20 years of killing, 8,000 people dead, and then, and I know we're not supposed to count them because they're the wrong color and from the wrong country, but a million people died over there. A million yous, a million me's, a million dads, a million moms. And for what? I know we were just a bunch of kids with puppets, but we could have stopped it, Lulu. I really believe we could have. And if that makes me stupid and naive, if you think I drank the Kool-Aid, you're right. But I'd rather think we tried and failed than we never stood a chance. But honestly, what I really wish, what I really wish is that I'd never met a single one of them. I wish I could take it all back. I wish I'd never gotten involved because those fucking puppets ruined my life. <laughs> and then he launches into like meeting Styx and it seems like Styx is like alive and it's a little marionette that's just like literally made out of j- sticks. And so then here's, here's the fucking speech on puppets. I'd been hanging out. Okay. The man who could fly was cool, which is like the initial marionette oh, that was cool. saw in the park. Um, the man who could fly was cool, but I preferred comedia and street theater. They taught me mask work and juggling and how to eat fire and balance a stepladder on my chin. And I got lots of street time. So every day I got better, but I didn't want to touch their puppets because of mom. Then they showed me sticks. I'd been hanging out with them for about three weeks and done seven or eight shows by then, but I wouldn't do the man who could fly. I wouldn't do any of the puppets. Then one night we were sitting on the back porch of 523 eating homemade black bread and aioli that Richard made. And the conversation turned to why I didn't like puppets. I told them all about mom's puppet ministry and they started asking me about her shows and I told them about a stray in the manger and the selfish giant and Clarkman. He opened my eyes. Your mom's puppets are watered down copies of copies, he said. They're off-brand Muppets. Put real puppets in a church and they'd burn it down. Puppets unleash anarchy. Punch in a Punch and Judy show beats his wife, kills his baby, and when they try to execute him, he tricks the hangman into hanging himself. Puppets are about violence. They don't do life lessons and they don't do love. 
And I said something like, yeah, my mom's shows were pretty fucking stupid because that's what you do when you want to impress people at college, right? You sell out your parents. And Clark said, puppeteers respect their puppets. Your mom probably did too. Every puppeteer knows that when they wear a puppet, it's live, like a grenade with the pin pulled. And Sadie said, show him sticks. <laughs> when that thing, and it's like, show him sticks. Come on, man. It feels it's so, so self-important. Funny. The thing is, that shit is real. Like, you do it feel is, like it's yes, important at the time. Yes. It's so funny. So so he sees sticks, and it's just like a bunch of mismatched wooden sticks. And the guy makes it, like, kind of seem alive. And he's kind of, like, reacting, like, to it like it's alive. And it, like, climbs up its leg, and it really feels alive. And so he starts doing the puppets, and he gets his mom to send pupkin everyone loves pupkin but especially clark yeah and they're freaking out by how fucking dark and chaotic pupkin feels Mm -hmm. and clark starts embodying pupkin the way louise used to and he starts speaking for pupkin and what pupkin wants and they do this thing where they go to the elementary school and they put on a way too adult show for all these kids and the woman who got them to come there the administrator refuses to pay them because of what happened and like kids are crying by the end of it because yeah. they're all made to like enact death and and then they start like working more with pupkin maybe pupkin comes after that uh i think then, pupkin fully like when they do the 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 giant pupkin masks is is after i think yeah i think i think they don't even receive pupkin until after that elementary yeah. school show so that happens pupkin comes Clark start, starts embodying Pupkin, and he's like, Pupkin is going to make our next show. Like, we're going to improvise in these Pupkin masks that you guys will make. We'll all embody Pupkin and improvise as Pupkin and workshop shop a new show. But all that keeps happening is they put on the masks, they turn into Pupkins, and go out in the world and enact violence and chaos. Like, they're eating pets. Yeah. They're eating people's dogs and cats. And then he they're has like this memory their own shit. Of, yeah, they're just like, like just degrading themselves in every way possible, doing weird shit. They don't remember a lot of it when they wake up because what happens is they put on the mask and they feel like they're just going to Tiki Two Woods. And he's and, not responsible for anything he's ever done. Yeah, as Pupkin. As Pupkin, which is a but nice then he has little this memory of going thing. to the elementary school administrator's house and terrorizing him and her young son Mm -hmm. and i kept going like did they kill them did they hurt them because at one point he says she's holding her son's limp body and i was like what the fuck happened but he never really says yeah he's vague on it there's just an image of the son's quote-unquote limp body like first they're like cowering and he's crying and then limp body and i'm like what happened Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and he like he wakes up one of the times and he like wants to put on pupkin to forget and instead he lights all the pupkin masks on fire possibly like putting the lives of everyone in the house in danger and he just like runs Mm -hmm. i also liked when he was when he's describing the feelings of being pupkin he's like i Mm -hmm. liked that i wasn't responsible for what my life was up until that point and I also wasn't responsible for the things that I was doing as Pupkin because mm-hmm. that was Pupkin. And that just feels like such a really good like explanation of addiction and kind of like 
mm-hmm. it is full yeah. escapism. Like you're like, I'm not respond. I don't, I'm not me anymore. That f- I'm not the me of then. And I'm also not the me of now, which is interesting. Yeah. It's like a really uh, succinct exploration of that. Yeah. It's just like really scary. Really scary. And, and so he calls his mom to come pick him up and he drops out of school. But she won't leave without getting I was fucking first. annoyed at her about the I know. Thing. I was like, Jesus I was, fucking Christ, Nancy. I know. I was like, she's so fucking obsessed with this pumpkin shit. And she is. And we find out why later. Yes. Um. And so he has to go back to the house to get pumpkin. And Clark is alive and it doesn't seem like the house burned. And so then I was like, did he even burn anything? Like, what is happening? You don't yeah. really know. You well, don't no, it's find a different it. house. So... It is? Yeah, yeah. So, um, oh. yeah, that's why he's like, oh, what? Ha- I'm sorry, what happened to your folks' place? So it's like they're, his parents, like, it's that he never went to go see what happened oh, there. Oh, yeah. So he, yeah. like, doesn't know. He he really, he's just, he's like, are they okay? And the other guy, like, doesn't say anything. So he doesn't know. Yeah, he just gets there and Clark is, like, uninjured. He won't say what happened to Richard or Sadie. So he doesn't know if anything happened. Right. And he gives Pupkin back and he gives it back to Nancy. And Nancy's like fucking talking to Pupkin and the cab driver the whole way home. And you're just like. Nancy's so annoying. It's Nancy's fault. Yeah. It's Nancy's fault. Everything is Nancy's fault. so annoying. Everything is fucking Nancy's fault. Is it though? Or is it also her parents' fault? It's. Because they. Nancy's fault. Freddie dies. Oh, well, yeah, because she, well, but that's the thing, right? It's like. She is a child. She's a child. And. Why did they put her in charge of her, like, three-year-old brother when she was five? And. Or five-year-old brother. When she was, she was seven. Seven. But also, and that's the other thing, it's like, she could have walked away and he could have not drowned. It was not a 100% guarantee. Yeah, he just happened to drown, unfortunately. And, like, even if she been there he might still have drowned because what she's gonna save him yeah she's gonna jump in and drowning and that's the so yes it is irresponsible it's it's irresponsible of them it is her fault but also at the same time we're all human so of course her parents blame her yeah and her mom like nancy's mom like can't really like fully forgive nancy for it and so there's always like a weirdness there when she keeps sending her away she keeps sending her away to live at different places so she members yeah i forgot about that so yeah it's so sad it it actually reminds me a lot of um kind of the themes that were explored in uh behind the scenes at the museum by kate atkinson i can't remember the book well enough it's so good it's so sad that i don't remember read it again i bought it i just so remember I loving it. it but i can't remember details well now. it's just like shit where like we start out with the main character with ruby i believe and mm-hmm. her mother i think her mom's name is birdie or something and the mom is so fucking annoying and you're like oh my god and then we jump back to her being like 20 yeah and then you're like oh mm-hmm. it's just like everything it someone fucked you up so you fucked yeah. me up and it's just forever. Generational drama. Yeah. So it, it yeah. felt like a very good. Uh, it, it reminded me of that in that like. Yeah. Like, well, of course, someone fucked that person up. And yeah, it doesn't exp- it doesn't excuse it's it. It's all just like very sad. But 
Yeah. So like that was the thing was like to me intellectually, right? I can look at it and be like, she didn't kill her brother, but I see why her parents couldn't understand that. Yeah. And especially because what? They were like, quote, the greatest generation, those parents. Yeah. So like they didn't talk to their kids. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't talk to their kids. You kidding? Yeah. No way. And it was like more normal that you would just like maybe send your kid off to like live with family members. And there's lead everywhere. Come on. (laughs) And there's lead everywhere. (laughs) Probably in Popkin. Oh, my God. Popkin is full of lead and asbestos. Popkin is like made of lead. (laughs) Lead and asbestos and cocaine for some reason. I hate Popkin so much. I fucking hate Popkin. I hate him from the moment he fucking talks. I hate hate him from the moment he's described. So, (laughs) so that, so that happens. And so, so, um, where's, so, so Mark tells this whole story and Louise is like, I'm so sorry. And then, And then Mark, like, points out to her that, like, the reason that their mom and dad left for the hospital isn't that their dad had an attack. It's that he was attacked by Pupkin because Nancy, their mom, had started, like, having to care for the dad because the dad, like, hurt himself (laughs) catching a Frisbee on campus. Um, And Pupkin got so jealous of all the attention Nancy was lavishing on on her husband that he attacked him and they had to go to the hospital so mark says what if that attack wasn't a fit what if pupkin attacked dad the way he attacked you and mom finally realized things had gone too far maybe that's why she took dad to the hospital in the middle of the night and mom's so racked with guilt that she's not paying attention and drives right through the light and here we are with both of them dead and it's all because of pupkin louise thought about the hammer on the living room floor the chip missing from the coffee table the cane lying in front of the tv Pupkin came first, Mark said. Pupkin was here before all of us. Pupkin goes all the way back to when mom was a kid. To Pupkin, the only person who matters is mom. I mean, why do you think they boarded up the attic? It's not squirrels up there. Um, And then, and so Louise is like, holy shit, okay. And so Mark and Louise trudged across this freezing cold Waffle House parking lot in the lifeless gray dawn headed for Mark's truck. Mark had his hands shoved in his pockets, each, each of his steps heavy. Mark? Louise said he turned, his face sagged with exhaustion, and it made her sad to see his little boy face looking out from behind those watery red eyes. I'm sorry, she said. I'm sorry I wasn't stronger. I'm sorry I never told anyone. You were a kid, he said. Um, It was more than that. I was scared mom and dad would look at me different and send me to doctors and I wouldn't be myself anymore. And I was ashamed, and it was easier to pretend nothing happened. But this entire time, my entire life, I've always known something was wrong with me. I've spent my entire life scared that if I didn't do everything exactly right, reality would unravel around me and I'd lose myself again. I used to be so scared in that house. Now you know how I felt for the last 20 years, Mark said. She looked at her little brother standing there in his dead milkman t-shirt and cargo shorts and Tevas. Tevas? Tevas. This beer-bellied man she'd known ever since he was shorter than her, the only other person in the world who knew her parents the way she did, the only other person who knew that what had really happened at the Calvins that Christmas, the only other person who knew about Pupkin, who knew about everything all the way back to the beginning. She needed to reach out to him. She needed to let him know that she didn't think of him any differently now that she knew the worst thing he'd done, now that he knew the worst thing she'd done. 
She didn't know the best way to start this, so she suddenly stepped forward, overcoming years of keeping her distance from her brother, and she held her arms out wide and brought them around his shoulders and pulled his stiff body to hers and gave him a hug. After the first five seconds, she wanted to pull away, but she forced herself to keep hugging, and after a moment, she felt his big arms go around her and crush her body to his, a little tighter than she would have preferred, (laughs) but that was okay. He needed his big sister, and she could stay like this for as long as he wanted. She squeezed, wanting him to know everything would be all right. It's going to be okay, he mumble whispered, his breath hot in her ear, patting her back. That's right, she said, figuring he had it the wrong way around. It'll all be okay, Mark. She gave him another squeeze. He gave her one. I forgive you, he said into her ear. Louise's forehead furrowed. Did he think he was comforting her? (laughs) He began to rock her from side to side, so she started rocking him, sending a clear signal that she was the one doing the comforting. He made a shushing sound. Did he think she was going to cry? She needed to end this before it got out of hand. She gave, one Mark, she gave Mark one quick squeeze, then stepped back and away. He released her, and they stood looking at each other in the empty parking lot, a respectable distance restored. Feel better, he asked. I hope you feel better, she said. I'm fine. I'm great, he said, and then he seemed to realize that this wasn't what he thought it was. His eyes narrowed. Did you think you were... She cut him off. So what do we do now, she asked. <laughs> <laughs> it's so they're so fucked they're up they're each so they each need to like still be the one in how with some sort of power yeah it's so funny i um before so right before that she's attacked by pupkin um i will say a truly creepy moment in this book was the moment she first goes into the house and she sees like the dolls that her parents her mom had gotten that are supposed to be her and yeah the mark and louise the mark dolls. and louise dolls and they're watching TV and she's like, what the hell? And um, she's noticing little details like there's a hammer out. She's like, why is there a hammer? There's like a divot in the coffee table. Why is there a divot there? That seems like it was made yeah. by the hammer. Why was his, her dad's cane just left there? Why is the attic boarded up like with every bit of stray wood someone could find? Yeah. <laughs> and like in a crazed manner. Yeah. So that part was really creepy. Um. But another really horrifying part, I did want to touch on the eyeball poking <sighs> because that shit, I have a thing with eyes. <gasps> I know many people do. Yeah. My friend Maddie, who uh, has done the show before, who did like a yeah, yeah. Um, Hardy Boys with us, yeah. she cannot handle anything to do with eyes. Eye shit. Yeah. She can't handle eye shit. I am very horrified by eye stuff. Uh, I literally just like fluttered my eyelids. Um, so mm-hmm. she's attacked by Pupkin in the night. And this is when she's like, I'm staying. And he's like, okay, well, I'm leaving, uh, Mark. And this is after she's like tricked him into coming into the house um, for uh, Pizza Chinese, which is another like just the specific detail. I love Pizza Chinese so much. It sounds so fun. But I love also... When she revisits it as an adult, she's like, okay, this food sucks. It's not good. Like, yeah. It's not it, the same. It's not the same. But anyway, so she is trying to trick him to stay with her so that way she can convince him um, to, is she at this point trying to convince him to or to not sell the house? She's trying to convince him to sell the house. Yeah. And she's trying to convince him that they don't need to do the... um exorcism like the the haunting clearing right and he's like no this would heal us and she's like no so like no this isn't real she's still in such denial the fact that she's in denial even though she's been attacked by taxidermied squirrels yes (laughs) 
And she's like, maybe it's um just squirrels in the attic. And it's like, but you saw that the fucked up taxidermy squirrels were, were still specifically, yeah. You, you saw they were specifically the squirrels on your mom's taxidermy nativity squirrel nativity scene. <laughs> Um, but so she's laying in bed. She keeps falling asleep in this fucking house and then scary things happen to her. I'm like, don't sleep in the house. Stay in your fucking hotel room. She keeps sleeping in the house. So she sleeps mm. at one point. Pupkin is at he, the- She has to know more than Mark. Yep. She wakes up. Pupkin's at the foot of the bed. He crawls up her body. She's like, ah, she runs away. Pupkin has set up chairs so that she'll fall. She keeps falling. She feels something poke He's her like, finger. home alone to the house. Yes. <laughs> Not fully, but to an extent. To an extent. She feels something poke her finger. She's like, ow, what the fuck? And he has a little sewing needle. And then he pokes it into her fucking eyeball. And she like is blinking like oh, un- involuntarily. And she and realizes. The, the eyelid continually hitting yes, the needle. Yes. And it keeps hitting the needle. And then she realizes it's pushing the needle in. So she needs to pull it out before it disappears into her fucking eye. <laughs> <laughs> so, awful. so she pulls it out, thankfully. <laughs> and but then at that point it's so funny how uh she's she's just, just like missive miserable Marcus. yeah she's miserable <laughs> and covering her eye and just the visual too of her being like my eye and then him being like it's fine and she's like no i'm blind i'm blind he's like blank you're fine yeah and she's like no i'm blind he's like no i looked it up like people get injections in their eye all the time she's like no i'm and just like picturing her stumbling around looking like complete dog shit covering one eye in and, the waffle house and then she and then and the the waitress being like like trying to figure out if there's like an abuse situation yeah. she needs to assess and and he's like our parents just died and she's like okay good and then when she's like does my eye look weird and she like looks at the waitress and the waitress is like no <laughs> like i loved like how cuz i have been there when i get <laughs> Because, like, I've told you about the shit with my eye. Yeah. Right? I can't. That they found, like, a hemorrhage in my eye. I was like, well, mind me? Oh, so I am currently dealing with it. I have an ophthalmologist appointment, like, in two weeks. Oh, I don't know if you've told me about this. So this is just, like, it's another thing, right? Where I'm like, if it's never fucking ending. They found, like, a fucking hemorrhage in the back of my eye. And they're like, it's probably fine. Yeah, I know. It's a whole thing. And... So this is why I had to go to the doctor a couple of days ago to get full blood work done to check to see if I'm oh, pre-diabetic. Yeah, no, you, you didn't tell me about this. Yeah, just, it was it was very stressful. And um, they're like, yeah, it shouldn't affect your vision. Whatever, whatever. But I, since I have such a thing with eyes, I'm like, also I have like floaters. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's it's a whole thing. And I do not need anyone DMing me telling me what it might be because I, I don't need it. Don't <laughs> tell me. Don't talk to me about that. But so they're like, it should be fine. But also I'm getting I got fitted for daily contacts instead of week, uh, two week contacts, because um, that's what I went in for originally uh, for the regular eye doctor appointment that that caused this discovery. Um, and the curvature is slightly different. So my right eye, the one that is affected right now, the contact is drying out more quickly, but it's making my vision blurred in my right eye. Oh no! And so I'm like, is it so? Like every time I'm like, is it just that the contact is dry, or am I finally losing vision in my right eye? And then I'll go and put oh. in eye drops, and then it's clear, and I'm like, okay. But I am constantly like looking through things with one eye and then another, and it's just that <laughs> feeling of when you're like, fuck, I think something's wrong, 
Like, do I look okay? Mm. Does this look normal? Like that kind mm-hmm. of shit. And I'm just picturing her being like, does my eye look weird to you? To the waitress <laughs> and the waitress being like, yeah, it's fine. It's a little red. And she's like, okay, thanks. <laughs> and then he's like, just open your eye. Just open your eye and look through it. And she's like, no, I'm blind. And he's like, no, just open your eye. Like, and I've been her. I've been that when you're like, like, I don't want to look. Can you just look? And they're like, it's fine. You, ha- you, you have to look. And so she does. And there are some floaters, but oh, she's man. fine. And she's yeah. like, oh, okay. And she's like, I don't know. It's it's really bright. And he's like, yeah, because you've been closing it. So just open like, your I have eye. to go to the hospital. Yeah, she's like, bring me to the hospital. And he's like, you're fine. And 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 at the same time, she's going, also, it turns out I'm schizophrenic. <laughs> okay, and she and so I need convinced. to get genetic testing. And you need to get genetic testing. And like, we'll just like hope that it didn't pass down to us. But of course, it came from mom. And she's just like spiraling. Spiraling. And also, he's trying to be like, Okay, but it also is Pupkin. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, like, he knows full well it's Pupkin. And it's like, please shut the fuck up and let me tell you the story of Pupkin. <laughs> and she won't stop. She's like, okay, and then we'll get Poppy tested and we'll just have to figure out like what's going on. Also, I'm blind. You have to take me to the hospital. And he's like, you yeah. can see. <laughs> like, I did love that moment. Like, I have so, so been there. Funny. Like, I've yeah. literally, like, I literally just the other day, was like, Lucas, can you just like look up if floaters go away on their own? I don't want to look it up because I'll get lost on the internet. And he's like, yep, they go away. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, they resolve in six months or a year. And I was like, okay, thanks. Oh, man. But so I did deeply relate to her on that where it's just like, can you just, can you look? But then not letting someone look? So funny. Mm-hmm. So fucking funny. Um, So then... They have their moment comforting each other. And they are like, we need to get rid of Pupkin. Yep. And <sighs> then they go to the house and have the most insane fight. Of it their is lives. so bad. So they're like, well, when, let's, because they have to go up to the attic to, to find and, Pupkin. And when they go up to the attic and their mom has built Pupkin a little room, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Because up until then, oh I didn't think the mom knew. I think she knew, but I didn't know how but sick she was. But she clearly knew. Yeah. Because she built him a little room so he wouldn't be like sad and lonely. She gave him like coloring books. So then she must have known. Yeah, she may. I, I don't Pumpkin know if she knew it was her Freddy. kids. But I don't know if she knew that either. Or she was probably just like really turning a blind eye. Well, because she should have if Pupkin was alive to her, she should have known that Pupkin was alive to them. Well, I, yeah, I think that is kind of yeah, I think you're right. Is like, like really like pretending. Yeah. Like she's just being like, oh, these two things are true. That one Pupkin is real to me and that two, my daughter tried probably tried to kill my son. So I'm just going to not have those things connect. And that actually my daughter mm-hmm. didn't try to kill my son. And Pupkin's just a sweet little guy. Mm-hmm. Like, just- and she can't let go of Pupkin because he's alive, and because he is like the last possession of her dead brother that she has. Mm-hmm. And that she, she may not realize it is her dead brother, and that she <laughs> went and got and saved from like the burn pile that her parents had burned away all of uh, Freddie, the little brother's stuff, mm-hmm. to pretend like they never had another son. Yep. 
So sad. So sad. <sighs> so yeah, the, the not knowing whether or not she knew it was Freddie is terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. But so she's made Pupkin a little room and Pupkin's sleeping in his little bed. Mm-hmm. And they're like, quick, grab him, put him on the G-R-I-L-L. They're like, spell <laughs> Oh, yeah, they're going to burn like him. He's a yeah. child. Yeah. And then Pupkin fucking wakes up. And the whole sequence where... Ew, yeah. As soon as Mark grabs him, Pupkin immediately starts talking to Mark and Louise can't hear what he's saying. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I know. I, and also how delusional Louise was being because he was like, because yes. he was like, I won't do it. And then he would say to her like, leave right now, leave right now. And she's like, what are you doing, Mark? Just like take him and we'll bring him to the GRILL. And it's like, uh-huh. girl, he's telling it's you like, to leave. the plan. It's like, he is moments away from putting this pup. Puppet on his fucking hand, Louise. Yeah. Get the fuck out. Like, sometimes plans change, Louise. Uh-huh. And then, instead, what happens is Mark's imaginary dog from when he was young... Spider. ...is manifested and attacks her. Like, truly attacks her. And he's got yeah. six legs and giant jaws. Because then, he, Spider, much like the other puppets in the house are like poisoned by pupkin. Like pupkin is kind of controlling mm-hmm. them. Yeah. They're all poisoned by pupkin's hate. Yeah. And jealousy. Mm-hmm. And, chi- and <laughs> finding out pupkin is a child mm-hmm. makes him even scarier because yeah. children have no, like five-year-olds have like no, real sense of reasoning yeah and like you, you have to teach kids empathy you have to teach them that and if he's and he like does not have that skill no he doesn't that's why i was like put him in the fucking ground i don't care that he's a ghost of a five-year-old like you had Kelly, your time he is in the fucking ground i know well <laughs> they need the to problem. like i don't know do something with it like i guess the only thing well, to that, do is she's to, already tried that i know she, and they've tried they tried try they, and then they do so so all of a sudden spider the imaginary dog backs off of louise because suddenly spider is afraid also at this point they do not know pupkin is the ghost of um freddy they just think he's yeah. like an evil yeah puppet. they just think he's an evil demon they think pupkin itself is like a demon mm-hmm. in, inhabiting this puppet and now and and she turns and mark has pupkin on his hand and mark is like fucking gone dead eyed and only pupkin is speaking and mark is like essentially lit except for the arm with pup pupkin on it and pupkin has the most annoying voice and speaking (laughs) style of all time yes it is so infuriating i'm trying to find can't you play all day pupkin wants you play it's so like shut the fuck up i'm gonna shred you into a million tiny pieces Hmm. I'm trying to find. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> she didn't want to move. She'd never felt so wrung out in her life. But she raised her lacerated body on its elbows because Spider fucks her up. Yeah. And looked down the hall and saw the dim outline of a man standing in the middle of the dark hall. Mark. 
He had his right arm held high, and something on the end of it seemed to dance and squirm. The fact that she doesn't immediately realize it's Popkin is insane. I know. The rest of his body stood still. The writhing upright arm moved, scanning the hall, looking for something, and then Mark stepped out of the shadows and into the weak daylight coming from the dining room. His face hung slack. On his right hand, he wore Pupkin. Pupkin waved at her. He leered and capered, as animated and vibrant as Mark was motionless and dead. Cack-a-way-way, Pupkin screeched in his high-pitched voice, and it came out of Mark's throat, but it was Pupkin's voice. Louise remembered it all the way back to their childhood. No, she said. (laughs) Pupkin began to sing, dancing from side to side. Pupkin here, Pupkin here, what do de do? Pupkin here. Pupkin here? Fucking die. I guess you already did. Fucking die, you piece of shit. Mark took a stiff, stumbling step toward Louise, then another, Pupkin leading the way. Pupkin here, Pupkin home. Oh, no de do, Pupkin home, he shrieked like a deranged child. Louise pushed herself backward along the carpet with the skinned palms of her hands until her back was against the busted vent. And she keeps trying to tell Mark to take it off. Mark, gone. Pupkin now, Pupkin screamed. Shut up. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> and then... Her right knee felt stuffed with broken glass as she put her weight on it. Her spine cracked and popped as she stood up. Her pelvis felt like it had been snapped in half. Oopsie doops, Pupkin said. Up me go. Stop it, Louise moaned, bracing herself against the wall, trying to straighten her back. Pupkin saves the day. Me make spider go away. Now it's time to play and play. It's just fucking deranged. Mean people lock Pupkin away, but Pupkin back and here to stay. Bad Louise, mean Louise, lock Pupkin away, hurt Pupkin, make Pupkin very, very angry. Ew. And then, um, Nancy, no, and she's like, you made her angry, Pupkin. Nancy, no play with Pupkin. Pupkin locked up. Pupkin lonely. Pupkin buried. Everyone leave Pupkin. You know what I would do to Pupkin? Bad Louise said, are you going to be good now? Pupkin always good. He cooed. Everyone else bad. Ew, everyone and else then he, bad. He begins to s- sing his special song. Pupkin here, Pupkin here. Everybody laugh, everybody cheer. No more bath time, no more rules, no more teachers, no more schools. It's time to sing and dance all day. Pupkin's here to play and play and play and play. And he says, Pupkin held the hammer. Mark swung it down, and Louise couldn't get her body out of the way with the attic stairs blocking her. So she turned her head, and it caught her high and on the left, glancing off her skull, taking a chip out of it, driving a spike through the left side of her face all the way down to her jaw, sending her spinning into the wall. Mark stepped forward, coming around the attic stairs, raising Pupkin and the hammer over his head again. And play, and play, and play, and play! Pupkin screamed over and over again, and Mark (sighs) brought Pupkin and the hammer down on Louise's skull. And he just keeps attacking her. She's getting and hit with a she, fucking like, like ball peen hammer too, which is yeah, it's awful. fucking crazy. And and he keeps going, Cack away way. <laughs> Cack away way. And so to say there's this moment where it's like Mark kind of comes back to himself when she like escapes to the garage. And it's been established that Mark's had this fucking oh my saw God, out the trying to fix the back door. Circular saw. Chekhov's circular shit. saw. I know, truly. Every I time we saw it, I was like, no, something bad's like, going to happen oh, no, with that not saw. The saw. Not the saw, not the saw. <laughs> and, and she gets to the garage and Mark kind of comes to and they like look at each other. And she's like, and for the first time ever, like... Louise knew that they were thinking the same thing at the same time or something. And she grabs the saw and she saws off the arm that has Pupkin on it. And then she like. And it's not a clean cut. New. She has to and push she, like, through the bone. Struggles. She smells the bones burning. And I was blood like, and bone is oh. going everywhere. It's like fucking brutal. Horrible. And Mark is screaming. And then 
I think she just like saws up pumpkin. No, she burns him on the grill. Okay, she does go ahead. And, yeah, so she burns him. Um, he's been like biting her and hitting her with a hammer over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, oh God, she grabs his like forearm and she's like tr- making a tourniquet that she learned in Girl Scouts and the hospital and the, the paramedics arrive and they go back to the hospital and they're like not able to save Mark's arm. And then in what I thought was like the fucking funniest turn Mark is so mad at her about the arm. He is. And he's like, well, I thought you'd be able to save it. <laughs> she's like, you told me to do it. I know. And she's like, what else was I supposed to do? But interestingly like, well, enough. You could have put it on ice until they got there. Yeah. And, and then he's he was, like, I'm thinking about suing the hospital. But then, of course, he never does because. Yes. Because he can't follow through on anything. No. And, and the other thing, too, is like. This is a great example of where we are present for both the trauma inflicted on him and his reaction. And mm-hmm. like, I'm like, yeah, man, I get it. You're pissed that your arm got cut off. And like, yeah. even though you told her to do it, it still stands by it the fact that, that, that happened to you, that yeah. your sister fucking cut your arm off. That is and has been the perpetrator of abuse towards you your whole life. Like, of course. But also you told her to and you it had was a to. pretty extreme situation. Yeah. And you told her to. <laughs> It was so funny, but like I totally got it. I was like, I get why he's so mad at her. Not that I think he's right to be mad at her, but I understand being yes. like, well, I didn't expect you to actually fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I didn't, I wasn't thinking it through all the way. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it was very, and he kind of becomes very depressed, which also, and then I loved this part. So he's, he, he's very depressed and um, he is like, and she just kind of is like, ugh, he's just like moaning about his arm. And it's like, well, he's still allowed to be sad that he lost an arm. Mm-hmm. He's still allowed. But it's just so funny that Louise is like, ugh, God, he- it's just really annoying because like he won't do anything. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> They're still both being like so shitty to each other. <laughs> I know. Because he's also like just taking every advantage to kind of like make Louise feel like shit for cutting off his arm. But then also she is like annoyed at him for not recovering emotionally instantly to losing his arm. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I love like, that. Can't you just like like be cool about this? Yeah, like just like get over it. You told me to do it. So I did it. So what? Which, which mm. I think is a nice little thing of like, well, Pupkin told me to let you drown. So it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. It's like, but you still yeah. did it. Yeah, it was still your actions yeah. that made it happen. And so it's kind of interesting. I mean, <sighs> I, I just really like yeah. that she still is like, okay, yeah, sorry. So what? I said yeah. sorry. Why aren't you feeling better? Yep, it's very every like abuser who apologizes and wants you to just instantly get over it. Yeah, we're like, okay, sorry, and also. The classic thing of like, and it's it's also like, I'm sorry you were hurt by that. Yes, and not it like, wasn't I'm me. Sorry it was Pupkin. for doing it. Yeah, yeah, because that's the thing. Like, she did, even though she was scared that Pupkin was like going to bite her finger off, she did still let Pupkin tell her to to drown her brother, and like in yeah. those moments right after too, she's just like, well, I don't get what's wrong. You know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. It, I I did like that it doesn't just like let her off the hook for something Pupkin yeah. made her do, which is horrible that Pupkin made her do that. But yep. So 
that's where I thought the book was going to end just because of, I was like, because all right, Pupkin's of gone. events of it. Yeah. So they get rid of Pupkin. And then she she spends like six weeks or something helping Mark heal and making all his doctor's appointments and taking him to the appointments and like like kind of taking care of the like fallout. Oh, because and that's, that's what she's good at. That's another great example, though, of where she's like, see, I'm punished, too. The doctor said I have to milk your arm. And yeah. he's just like, are you serious? And she like she isn't fully serious. She is trying to make him laugh, but also she does want him to get over it. Yeah, she's like, okay, lol. Like, let's make it lighthearted now. Mm-hmm. Just like laugh along with the joke. And she's like annoyed that he's mad. And it's like, and it is funny that that's like what she tries. Yes, to I know. Spin into a joke. Like I have to milk your arm. Come on. I know. And it's like, oh. okay, you're saying that to the person funny. whose arm has to be milked. But okay. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. yeah, I loved it. It's the person without an arm now. Yeah, and I also love that he's like so annoyed that she chose his infinity symbol tattoo oh, as the bullseye to saw, and so she saws off half of his infinity symbol. And he's like, "How am I supposed to fucking function with half an infinity symbol? What does that even mean?" I know he's like, "If you'd only aimed five <laughs> inches higher or three inches lower, you would have avoided it completely." And she's like, okay, Mark, like, why are we fixating on this? I had to do it in the moment. You told me to, and we were going to die. Uh, so, <laughs> so funny. It's so funny. Their dynamic is so funny. Um, so then she um, goes home. And then she finally goes home. She's like, finally. And she she's, and she's like, I just want to see Poppy. I want her to tell me about bears because she's been sounding fine because she went to the therapist and it was going well, supposedly. And she gets back and a fucking homemade pumpkin is on poppy's arm and you're like i literally was like i i gasped so loud because i was like I was how? listening to the audiobook for this section <gasps> of it because i had it both audiobook yeah. and and book and on kindle and i was like just my stomach dropped i was like you've got to be fucking kidding me how how, how? And, oh no poppy and it's on poppy's hand so it's like it's in my home on my child like i've possessing not it's her worse. the way it was possessing mark it's so much worse than it being on mark because she's not gonna cut off fucking poppy's arm no she is gonna try and wrench it off of her and heart harm her daughter in the process which yeah. is such an apt uh metaphor for trying to force your child to not have trauma anymore uh-huh and it's a so and i i was already i had been saying like oh this is such a good me- this book is such a good like um metaphor for generational trauma so like of course it fucking ends up on poppy yeah poppy can't avoid all the generational trauma just because they killed pumpkin like because she is still being raised by her mom yeah and and it's going to get passed down like of course and, of course and we've it seen ended up on poppy. how her mom is acting towards her mm-hmm. which is just like it's great but it's very scary it's so, so it, it's great that this is the turn it's so apt and so then she has to she like has to endure pumpkin in the house for a little while she keeps trying to get it off poppy's arm it starts having poppy lightly cut up poppy's own arm mm-hmm. with a big like chef's knife mm-hmm. just to like get louise and she's like and that's when louise is like Pupkin is in full control here and I can't do anything. I got to get her back. Yeah. And she's like, I, I, I got to like call calls Mark. Mark 
Yeah, and I, I thought it was so great that she's just like, immediately she's like, Mark, what do I do? And then truly ready to just listen to Mark. Yeah. And Mark is 100% right because he fucking calls Mercy, their cousin, who was going to sell the house but realized it was haunted. I loved <laughs> like that. You have to, I loved the whole section with Mercy so much. When they do the walkthrough at the house and all this fucked it's up so shit keeps funny. happening. And um, Mercy's just like, mm-hmm, okay. And like okay, going and, along and with Louise it. Louise thinks that like Mercy is buying everything. Every dumb Louise explanation saying, she has. Like every squirrel excuse. Yeah. And then they end it and she's like, well, <laughs> obviously like I'm not going to work with this house, but I'll refer you to someone because I don't work with like troubled houses. And she's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, well, obviously your house is haunted. <laughs> and she like lists everything that happened and she's like, yeah, I don't know, like weird sounds. Your attic's all boarded up. You seemed really freaked out by the dolls that were in your room, like, or in your parents' room. It's Yeah, there was something trying to escape from the vanity in your parents' bathroom. Um, the Mark and Louise dolls. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's just like listing everything that happened, making it very clear that she saw what was actually going on. And then I love too that she's and I just didn't like. I expect that. She's like, well, my mom can help. Um, she's done uh, exorcisms on how she's helped me with troubled properties before. So, yeah. Um, it's so funny. Just let me know. And of course, at that point, this is the beginning of the book. Louise is so in denial. She's like, my house is not haunted. You're stupid. Like, Whatever. Yeah, she's like, that's insane. Um, even though she's been attacked by the house already. Yes. She's so deeply in denial. So it's Mark incredible. At this point is like, so I called Mercy and we're we're us and um our aunt. Oh, but he's aunt honey, I think. Aunt Honey are going to do um oh, no. no, not Aunt Honey. Aunt Honey is older. Uh, it's um Grace? Uh no, um Mercy's mother? Yes, yes, yes. And then it's great Aunt Honey, but they just call her Aunt Honey. Um, but right. so he's he's like, they're going to help us. So she flies in and he's like, okay, oh, so. Gail. Oh, Aunt Gail. He's like, so Aunt Honey's in the hospital. I didn't tell you, but we're going to go see her. And she's fallen ill. And they're like, okay. Uh, so they go there and then. Aunt Gail and Mercy and the siblings are like, okay, let's go to the house now and we're going to do, or they see Poppy with fucking Pupkin on her hand and they're like, okay, mm -hmm. we need to deal with this doll. This mm -hmm. doll is evil and there's a demon inside and we are going to bring the Lord to it's this so doll. Funny. Can I read Aunt Gail's reaction? Yes. So Louise tells her everything. She's like, just the full story. Um, and then uh, it says, I'm sorry, Louise mumbled. Don't be, Aunt Gail said. You've lost your mother and father and been targeted by the forces of darkness. <laughs> That's how it feels, Louise says. That's how it is, Aunt Gail said. Let's go see Mama. She's going to be sad that sweet child, sweet little child couldn't come up, but maybe that'll get her out of here faster. After that, we'll call my girls and see about blasting the devil out of your parents' house and sending that little haunted puppet straight back to hell. <laughs> so great. And they're all Southern, and so you know just everybody's voices are amazing. Yeah. So then they're like, okay, but first we need to, I have this friend. We need to see Barb. Because she specializes in, in dolls. In, in possessed demonically dolls. possessed dolls. So they and go Barb over. Barb is the fucking best. They go over there. Gail, or, uh, Barb is like this um, big Asian Southern lady who's like, welcome to my home, y'all. And it's full of dolls. And she's like, oh, these aren't haunted, y'all. These are 
Um, these are cleansed. These are cleansed. <laughs> I would not be so crazy to have a bunch of demonic dolls in my home. So she's like, we have the to- demonic dolls are in a storage locker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're <laughs> elsewhere. not. They're elsewhere. So then she gathers everyone. They're all sitting together. They have to hold hands and they put Poppy and Pupkin in the middle. Also, Poppy and Pupkin have tried to like or Pupkin has tried to harm Poppy nonstop and everyone else yeah. nonstop. It's insane. Like he's crazy because he wants Nancy. He won't accept that she's dead. And so they've lied and told him that they're going back to Nancy. But first they have to do these other things. Mm hmm. And that if 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 Pupkin wants to see Nancy, then he has to be good. Um, um can I read just a, a little bit of Barb? Yes, please. So yeah, they show up this trailer and uh, they opens the door. It says it flew open to reveal Barb. Hey y'all, she shouted, pulling Aunt Gail violently into her chest. Barb filled the door. She was Asian wearing a pink tank top and tie-dyed shorts, and she waved to them with both hands. Gail told me y'all were coming. I'm so excited to meet you. And uh, before she could react, Louise found herself and Poppy enveloped in a hug that felt like an airbag going off in her face. The mama, Barb said, shaking them hard. Then she shoved Louise away and practically skipped to Mark. I like a big comfy man, she enthused, throwing her arms around him and wriggling from side to side. Look at your flipper. <laughs> this is about his fucking lost arm. Yeah. She calls it his flipper. Mark started to hug her back, but she pushed him away and ran to Louise, bending over to face Poppy. Look at this adorable donut. Then she poked Pupkin with one finger. We'll talk to you later, mister. We're <laughs> going to have a busy afternoon, y'all, and I am just full of praise in the spirit. <laughs> so funny. So fucking fun. I love Barb I so love Barb so much. So they start <sighs> doing it, and Barb picks up immediately. Like, she's like, something's off. Because mm -hmm. this is not feeling like a demon. So she walks up. Because Pupkin's throwing a fit. Or, pu pu yeah, Pupkin. Well, she, like, first she, like, knows exactly how to deal with Pupkin because Pupkin is, like, defying everybody. Like, they're trying to get him to, like, say the demon, say his true name. Yeah. Because they think it's a demon. And so she realizes that Pupkin has to be, like, handled with, like, kid gloves, basically. Mm -hmm. And so she starts, like, like, tickling him under his chin and calling him a good boy and blah, blah, blah. And he blah. responds great to it. Yes, and he's just like so happy, and she oh ew, oh ew, ew, all ew. the shit with the, the feeding with the M and M's. The shit with the M it's so fucking weird. Ew. She's like she pulls out some M and M's, and she's like like tracing his mouth with the M and M, like it's a tube of lipstick or something, yeah. and like and like hypnotizing him in this way, and promising him he's candy. like cooing and ugh, mm -hmm. and um, she's like, where is it? Um, so they they. They put him in the center, blah, blah, blah. She, like, realizes, and they keep saying, like, say your name. And then and then she's like, does this strong boy want a treat? Ugh. And he's all excited. And she says, yummy, yum, yum, yum. And, um, and then you are a brave boy, aren't you? But I bet you get sad sometimes. Everyone gets sad. Even I get sad. Why are you sad? And he says, Nancy... Do you miss Nancy? Nancy locked Pupkin away. And Nancy got um, Pupkin make him go away. So only Pupkin and Nancy now. Um, and Nancy got scared when you did that. And, and she tried to help the limpy man. And that's when they had an accident and got hurt. Did you want to hurt Nancy? No, Pupkin shrilled. And Louise thought he was going to stop talking. But then he went back to stroking his lips against the M&M again. <sighs> so disgusting. Um. You don't care that you hurt people Nancy loved, Barb asked. 
fat boy pumpkin said, and his voice got thick and dreamy as he rubbed his lips sensuously against the M&M. This scene is so insane. <laughs> fat boy start like pumpkin, like baby, then grow. He get bigger, but pumpkin stay same. Pumpkin never get bigger. Fat boy replace pumpkin, so pumpkin make fat boy go away. How old are you, pumpkin? Barb asked. Five. Pumpkin five. And have you always been pumpkin, Barb asked. Pumpkin shook his head. What did your name used to be? Pumpkin stopped rubbing his lips on the M&M. Freddy, he said softly. Then louder, Freddy. Oh my God, Mark said. <laughs> Our uncle Freddy, mom's brother, he was five. And Barb like gestures, shut up. And then they all stop. And then and then she, she says, this isn't a demon. She heard Barb say to Aunt Gail, it's a ghost. Uh, it's I was like, ah! I know. I was like, oh my God. Um, And then they're like, we need to figure out where Freddy's bones are because we need to like give him a proper burial to give him well, closure they go to get the truth of freddie from oh aunt right honey in aunt the honey yeah and aunt honey really doesn't want to admit to anything because mm-hmm. she that finally the tells story. Them the story and then um and that's when louise realizes they need to dig up freddie's bones because they buried him in the fucking backyard so they're looking and that's why the house is haunted and they're trying to figure out so they're like trying to have Freddy slash Pupkin, like, tell them where he is. But he still is under the impression that he's going to see Nancy. Um, and, and he's still using Pup, Poppy as, like, a weapon. And Poppy's, like, and, drained. And she's getting sicker and sicker. And her, like, heart is slowing. And she's drooling. And it's not good. Mm-mm. And he has Puppy, Puppy, Poppy tried to leap out of the moving car. I know. I was like, this is serious, that y'all. scene scared the shit out of me. <laughs> Because Ugh. Ramona has started throwing tantrums and she will just um like whip her head yeah, back like flail to like throw herself on the ground. And she'll do this like you'll try to pick her up from the like hardwood floor Ugh. to get her to stop doing something. And if she doesn't want to move, she'll fling her head backwards. Mm. And it's the scare and she'll go or she'll go like totally limp in your arms and squirm out of it. And so like we keep experiencing these these moments where it like scares. She's tr- she's we're almost gonna drop her, and so man, did I feel this scene? Yeah. Oof. Thankfully, she does not get hit. Mm-hmm. She's saved. Did they get back to the house? And um, I don't remember. Oh, Pupkin gets loose or something. They're, right. Th- well, they're in the car. They're trying to figure out how they're gonna get Pupkin to how they're gonna yeah, figure they're like, out show where, us where you are buried. Yeah. And so she starts like teaching. Um, Oh, hot and cold. how to play yeah. like hot and cold and it seems like he's going to play along and she's like we're gonna get pumpkin to tell us where he's buried and they get there and pumpkin has other plans <laughs> yes that's right he tricks them to go into the house where they are then covered in waves and waves of puppets uh and dolls and dolls, dolls too and um mark and louise hide in the bathroom where they encounter the mark and louise dolls and uh, they throw them in the shower. But then she uses the Louise doll to break open the window. She climbs out. She goes out into the backyard because Mark and her, Mark realizes he's like the Tiki Two Woods. When I was there, it was bamboo and aspen. And there's an aspen tree in the fucking backyard or whatever the tree is. And Cypress. Cypress. A cypress tree. And then a bunch of overgrown bamboo. He's buried under the tree. And so she's like, fuck. So she goes out there and um, 
then um, she, she's trying to dig. And she, it's very hard to do that because mm-hmm. the ground is hard and she is mm-hmm. but an injured woman. <laughs> she is but a very injured woman. <laughs> I mean, it's been weeks since the encounter at the house, but she's still pretty fucked up. Yeah, and she's been Poppy's like... Poppy's been like a handful. Yeah, and she's like was knocked around a little bit mm-hmm. in this encounter. So mm-hmm. she's trying to dig, dig, dig. She can't. And then all of a sudden she hears something and a seven foot tall like monster made of all of her mom's puppets and dolls. And like Popkin is like near it and is like, and she's like, yeah. oh my God, I hated Popkin so much in that moment too. I hated Popkin always. Yeah. Yep. So she's like trying to fight this thing. And then that's just like Gollum of all the dolls together. And then she realizes that like all of the dolls are like kind of in pain and horror. They don't want to be doing it. Yeah. Pupkin is actually hurting them. So she's like, Pupkin, stop. You're hurting them. And he doesn't care. And she just goes for it. Oh, and she gets Spider to help dig the hole. Yeah. Because her brother calls out Spider. Spider attacks the golem and destroys it and then mm-hmm. digs the hole, which I thought was a lovely way of like, his, it's like a remnant of his childhood imagination and coping mechanism that mm-hmm. helped him deal with his trauma that was brought mm-hmm. down to him. They pull it out. There's a nasty little corpse in there. Oh, and that was sad where he was wearing a little sweater and she's like, she, his mom didn't want him to be cold. Yeah, and he's kind of like dressed like Pupkin a little bit. Yeah. The red and the blue and the um and she like hauls out his bones and is like telling Pupkin like basically to go into the light. And then she enters Tiki Tiki Woods Woods to walk him there to like address Mm -hmm. like actual little five year old Freddy and who has Pupkin on his arm. Uh Uh-huh. And who is talking for Pupkin. Mm -hmm. And and he's like, but I don't want to die. And she's like, everything real dies. Yeah. The line from Velveteen Rabbit, I think. Yep. And uh, so then he goes and uh, she comes back and we're, we like jump forward where ev- they're setting up a funeral service for uh, Freddie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like weeks and weeks later. Mm-hmm. Because it takes a while to like get the approval because like they had to excavate human remains. Like the mm-hmm. cops and paramedics get there and it's insane. Oh my goodness. That was so loud. That was so loud. Fucking. Oh my God, set off alarms. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I hate that. I hate that this too. It's a residential neighborhood. Also, like, you're so cool. Wow, you have a lot loud car. Yeah, That's congrats. awesome. Congrats. Um, but I, I loved too, actually, the moment. So Basically, there's like puppet shreds everywhere all over the place. And like the entire book, too, she uh, Louise is like, oh, everyone thinks that we are shabby and that we're freaks like in this neighborhood because everyone's moved up except us. Like we are mm-hmm. basically encapsulated in our own fucking wrapped up yeah, trauma like forever. Yeah. Never done anything new to like spruce up the house mm-hmm. where every other house is just like gotten nicer and nicer. Mm-hmm. But I loved this that like her her neighbor is like, um, so your trash is like all over my lawn, which is kind of like, you know, if you have to heal, you have to pull all that shit out and have the world see you. And mm, that's, that's true, a part yeah. of it. And her being like, yeah, we're we're dealing with it. Like yeah, I the neighbor's like, get your trash off my lawn. And yeah. She's like, we're doing that right now, sir. Yeah. 
which like I loved that of kind of being in the whole book too. her cousins are like, well, your family's kind of weird. And she's like, no, we're not. And it's like, yeah, you are. And that's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I liked that too, of just like how expertly mapped over attempting to heal from generational trauma this story is. Because it's mm-hmm. also about that. Like it's not only an allegory for it, but it is about that as well. Yeah. So I really loved that. Read this it's book. Gr- it's great. I really liked it. And it's so fucking funny. It is so like, I think this is his funniest book. It is so funny. I think so too. Yeah. I was laughing really so much. And he's then, writing his he's he just finished, I think, like either the first draft or something of the manuscript of his next book. I'm like, this I can't man wait is see. a machine. <laughs> I can't wait to read it. I cannot wait. Uh, he like posted like because he does pictures that are like inspiration boards. And it was like a lot of like housewife imagery so i'm like i am so interested to see what this could be but read this book Um, oh i love that i won't read this part because i i don't know like read the book if you want to actually experience like how good the book is but just the the end where she's like and whenever she like thought about what had happened or her parents there was like one person she knew she could call and it was her brother. And I was because like the whole book, she's like, and as soon as we're done with this, I'm done with Mark forever. And I never, and I just like, that's the end of the Joyner family story yeah. over. Like, and I'll never speak to him again. Yes. And I'll never say, and she's saying this to herself over and over. So when the end of the book is that, and then she calls her brother whenever she yeah. like needs him, I was like, Mom. and that's yeah. when I teared up. I did tear up then. And and also with like certain, where she's like, I would dream that my parents were alive still and I'd wake up and I would, yeah. have to remember again that they were gone. Um, I think anyone who's dealt with loss knows that feeling. And it's mm-hmm. so heartbreaking and beautiful. And then she's like, I called that person. And kind of what you were saying, when she, the whole book, she's like, all that shit stops with that family. And then I have my own family, which is me and Poppy. Yeah. But I like that she's like, you know what? I'm going to give my brother a chance. And we know it's going to be fucking fraught and annoying for them to deal with each other in the future. Because that's the other thing, like even right before, like before they've had this final showdown, she's like, well, this will be the, the end of me seeing Mark. Like we'll never see each other again. Mm-hmm. Because what, what she says do it I have? over and over. Yeah. It is an example of giving someone grace, of showing that and giving yourself mm-hmm. grace. It's great. It's so it's just- good. Great, and then uh, and then we get the um, oh, we had the program of events program for, the- for their parents' funeral, and it because because Mark has mom's like Christian puppet collective, like like help plan their funeral, and it is the details of this program are so funny. the The guy like, that makes music with his body got me. I laughed so hard. <laughs> It's like using yeah. his body. Musical interlude, a tribute interlude, a tribute to Nancy Joyner in body music performed by Do- Doogie Horner and his body. <laughs> Candle in the Wind performed by the Troublemakers. The Troublemakers. It's very good. It's like, and it's so fully worship, fleshed out Reverend and imagined. Michael Bullen. Yeah. This Little Light of Mine performed by the Doll Wiggler Quartet. It's so fucking funny. And it's just like detail after detail of this fucking puppet collective. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. And then at the end, 
there's this funny note about a, a, a different funeral having been moved to a different hall. And if, like, anyone has any information on the case that would lead to an arrest, please contact so-and-so. I know. It's so... I was so like, fun. is that a funny like detail an or an Easter egg, do you think? Ooh, good question. Maybe. I was like, either Amanda or. Beth Cohen? Do we either. know that name? No, I don't think we know it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Mount Pleasant? I don't know. I don't know. And then it's a, an example program of uh, Nancy's puppet ministry. Oh, yeah. It's just so fucking funny. It's very it's funny. so funny. It's great. It's I just great. really, really enjoyed it. Hit after hit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I, I'm so glad I read it. I love when this podcast gives me a new favorite book or author or, you know, like we get introduced yeah. to so many life-changing books, you know, and like life-changing authors that it's like, I'm so glad that I can call part of my existence reading this book. Yeah, and I wouldn't necessarily And I wouldn't even know made the time otherwise. But it's so and then like Mike's mom was here talking about some like family drama of hers and I was like, Oh my god, this is how to sell a haunted house. (laughs) You have (laughs) to read this for that book. (laughs) I should. Um I uh actually convinced I was just talking uh it fondly about um Paul Tremblay. Uh Mm -hmm. To Lucas in front of his mom, and I didn't know that she had put it in her little to read, and she read it. Oh, that's so nice. And then later yeah. she texted Lucas, and she was like, "This is not the kind of book that I would normally read because it was very scary, but <laughs> I loved it." And I was like, "Oh my god, that's so cool!" And that's also she's she's great. She's so like open and inquisitive, and like like she's very quiet, that's but she'll nice. like she'll like put in her little. It's just cute that she was like, okay, I'm going to write that down because that sounds like a good book and did it mm. and read it. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was really cool knowing that she read it and liked it. That's so nice. Yeah. yeah. Especially, it's always like so fun introducing something to someone who would like never have come to it on their own. Yeah. And having them like it. Yeah. And like having them just like trust your sensibility, like, cause it's like, oh, I don't read scary books. Yeah. But I'm going to read this. And wow, it was horribly scary, but (laughs) I really liked it. Yeah. And that just goes to show that good is good, you know, and that God is good. Um, All right. (laughs) And we hope that you have the spirit of the Lord within you as you read this book. (laughs) So first up, um, I wanted to thank our main Patreon producer, God Almighty himself and Jesus Christ, his son. Have you heard the good news? <laughs> Can you imagine? Jesus if, is Lord. If we, if we, the first name we always read off on Patreon producers was Jesus. Thank you so much, Jesus Christ. <laughs> for all that you do for us and all mankind. And um, we thank you for your sacrifice. Um, mm-hmm. But to thank our actual Patreon producers, because unfortunately, <laughs> while In I think Jesus, Jesus was a historical figure, I do not think he was the Messiah. Um, but I don't, re- but I don't, he does donate to our Patreon. So we do have to read his name <laughs> <laughs> and that amount everlasting love. Um, I look, and I don't judge you if you believe in Jesus. I wish I could. I do wish I could. Okay. Patreon, I believe in other things like what are God's spore, uh, Patreon producers. Mm. Thank you so much to Adam Howitz. 
Amanda K. Amy T. Ann Dwyer. Caitlin L. Carrie H. Sorry, Noodle just screamed so loud. <laughs> um, Look at Jesus! And she's like, Jesus Christ! Actually, I do believe <gasps> that Noodle, Noodle is Christian. Is Christian. Unfortunately. It's hard to have, you know, different religion than your daughter, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, where were we? <laughs> Carrie H. Courtney McPhail. <laughs> Should we start over? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Adam Howitz. <laughs> Amanda K. Amy T. Ann Dwyer. Caitlin L. Carrie H. Courtney McPhail. Danielle Lamana. Annie B. Drew Waranis. Ellie Lagos. Emma. Emma M. Aaron B. Gabriela Santiago. Gwendolyn Ludovic. Hannah L. Jason H. Jeremy Kronk. Jeremy Goodfellow and Marco Pavlicich. Jessica Smith-Harper. Jesse T. Jessica U. Jonathan Venable. Kat Miller. Katie Olsner. Heath Anderson. Kelly Burns. Terry N. Landry Desmond. Larry Nguyen. Laura Hooper. Maddie M. Megan Lozier. Melody. Micah Eunice. Miguel Camacho. Molly Marks. Noah Spargo. Nora Orion. Rachel C. Randy Klett. Rebecca Goss. Robert F. Rogue Kalahua. Sasha Gibson. Sylvie T. Victoria Beck. Whitney E. And Sarah Wallen. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. We really appreciate you, and we appreciate all of our Patreon supporters. Go to patreon.com slash teencreeps if you'd like to become one and gain access to all of the extra episodes we do. Yeah. And thank you to everybody who listens. We appreciate you tuning in. We sure do. We will see you next week. Until then, keep it creepy. Kaka way way. No. <laughs> Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Kelly Nugent, Lindsay Katai, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.